0: Ladies and gentlemen, Ron DeSantis has won. He has gotten critical race theory banned in Florida schools, though they didn't explicitly say critical race theory. They have banned core tenets of the reactionary racist ideology that masquerades as academic theory called critical race theory. Many other states have done something similar. And this leads to a very interesting conversation around free speech, around whether or not kids should be taught certain things. And of course, the leftists, the woke, Try to say, we're just teaching kids about the theory, but actually, no, they're telling them the theory is true and correct. There's a big difference, and it isn't. It's a cult-like racist ideology, and they're trying to hide behind science to make these things a reality. In reality, it's a non-theistic religion. Wokeness, intersectionality, critical race theory, critical theory in general, or as some people call it, cultural Marxism. So it's a Friday night, and we're going to be chilling and talking about political Catholicism or just... Christianity in the United States, the moral frameworks, things we have to talk, we, we talk about that quite a bit sometimes, and uh, cultural Marxism. And I think one of the core components of the, of the culture war right now is that wokeness, critical race theorists, intersectionality, feminists, whatever you want to call it, social justice warriors, have an absolutely different moral framework. Perhaps they don't have one at all. And the United States was founded upon, whether liberals like it or not, a Judeo-Christian moral framework. Joining us to talk about that today is Sorab Amari, author of The Unbroken Thread.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Do you want to just do a quick introduction for who you are?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, in my day job, I'm the op-ed editor of the New York Post. Um, And uh, on the side, I write books. And most recently, um, I wrote this book, The Unbroken Thread, Discovering the Wisdom of Tradition in an Age of Chaos, which is a book I wrote for my
2: four-year-old son although when i started writing the book he was two Hmm. right on
1: we
0: also have seamus of freedom tunes
2: yes i'm here actually i wasn't planning on doing the show i don't think we had me slated for tonight but we got into this really interesting conversation and all decided that we should continue it on air so i'm happy to be here i think this will be a really interesting show
0: fridays are pretty conversational Mm -hmm. and you know we're we're planning on discussing cultural marxism critical race theory and the old the, the the more traditional moral framework which is christian values and Seamus is a, is a perfect person to join that conversation. Oh, thank you.
3: We also have Ian. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. I s- listen to a lot of Graham Hancock's work. He's an archaeologist and talks a lot about ancient uh, history and cultures and about looking back to remember, you know, a lot of the, the wisdom that we've lost over the ages. I think it's such an important conversation.
2: And now, but Graham Hancock believes that there were advanced civilizations in prehistory, correct? Um, I think he thinks theory.
3: that there okay. that there are. It is. It is highly likely. I don't think. I don't know if he's ever found any proof of it.
0: I think he's actually making a great case for lost wisdom by thinking that. You know, they're, so? they're, well, there was a. There's. <clears throat> I watched a video of this guy who could move like two hundred town stone, two hundred pound stones, mm-hmm. two hundred ton stones by digging a hole under one side and then bouncing it back and forth using its own weight against yeah, itself to slip so that's, you know, and and using sand to push things, you know, lowering. The and like the vibration. Friction.
3: They used to have these temples where they'd go in and they'd like strike the key of A in one area of the temple and the entire temple would start to vibrate. You know, your bones are made of this crystal. You can move very
0: heavy rocks, very heavy objects by vibrating.
3: And now and science is developing acoustic levitation. So we're seeing like it's like almost like we're rediscovering not. I mean, I think we have a, a more powerful power source than we've ever had with like fusion and nuclear power. I don't I don't see any evidence that we've ever had that. Amount of energy before, but it seems like we're like, you know, recursing technology.
0: And that's what Ian will bring to this conversation Thanks, about Tim. theocracy and religion and cultural Marxism. We also have Lydia pushing all the buttons.
4: I think this is gonna be a really fun conversation tonight. I am Lydia and the reason the camera switched smoothly. Here's Tim.
0: Before we get started, head over to Timcast.com, click that beautiful members only button. And you can become a member at TimCast, which gives you access to the members-only area with a bunch of really amazing members-only segments. It's a huge library. How many pages do we have? We have over eight. There's probably way more. Tons of full podcast episodes available if you are a member. But when you become a member, the money you are paying into TimCast.com is allowing us to hire journalists, expand the operation. The new website and the newsroom will be launching hopefully in the next week or two. And we're going to take this operation to the sky, baby. We're I want to have five journalists working in the newsroom within the next couple of weeks. I want to have 50 by the next year or so. And I want to actually start cranking out fact-checking the fact-checkers and all the fake fact-checks and actually doing the groundwork on journalism, producing documentaries, producing podcasts. That's why we got to get as many members as possible. So with your support, we will do that. And uh, let's just jump into the conversation. So, um, so Rap, uh, why should we have an authoritarian theocracy? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so uh, today we saw critical race theory was trending. And one of the things that really worries me the most about... Whatever this is, right? I think I actually think critical race theory is the wrong way to describe it. We are giving the battlefield to the left by using their terminology. This battle, this culture war has been going on for a very, very long time. And you can say the first modern battle in the culture war was Gamergate. Hmm. Then we see, you know, movies, video games, Cometgate, Gate, et etc., where you started to see this critical theory, or whatever you want to call it. Some people called it cultural Marxism. I think that's a bigger umbrella term, a better umbrella term for a lot of what it is. Wokeness is an easy way to explain it colloquially. But when we talk about critical race theory, it's easily masked by the woke. They just say, oh, it's just an academic theory and you're overthinking things and we shouldn't ban academics for children. But what's happening is critical race theory is a core component. It's just the racial component of critical theory, which is quite literally uh, an advance on uh, – or I should say developed off of Karl Marx's thinking – and the Frankfurt School, I don't want to get too jargony, but it essentially is a, a totally different moral framework from Christianity. Now the United States, uh, and, and this is mostly just my opinions, but you guys can feel, you know, feel free to chime in. It's built on a, a Christian framework, Christian moral framework. You look at what Ben Franklin, what Ben Franklin said about it's better that a hundred guilty persons escape than one innocent suffer, which was just taking from Blackstone's formulation. It is better that ten guilty persons escape than one innocent suffer, which was just taking from the stories of Sodom and Gomorrah, which I believe he quite literally said. So we, we end up with a society where you have a lot of secular liberals, atheists, et cetera, who are living by this moral framework. They don't understand it though. You know, over time we've moved away from the more, I guess, societally enforced you know uh, um i don't want to call it uh, theocracy but societally enforced religious views or faith and understanding why we have these these moral frameworks by losing that something else comes in these woke people believe there is no truth but power Mm -hmm. and therefore they're entitled to lie cheat and steal to get whatever they want until they gain power so I'm curious, your thoughts you wrote, uh, and, and you can talk about your book and explain to us what your thoughts are. I think you called it political Catholicism, but uh, yeah.
1: Sure. No, I mean, uh, I think that's right, that the fact that uh, they're moving in, to me, um, shows is proof that there was never going to be any kind of a neutral public square. That our societies will, one way or another, always enshrine some orthodoxy, some authoritative view of what it means to um, live a good life some account of the highest goods of human life. What is what what's the purpose of living? One way or another a society will enshrine that. And for a long time the society had a, as you said, a kind of Christian I would say kind of a a Protestant establishment, a a Protestant consensus. And then in the you know, much of the twentieth century Catholics and Jews were added to the picture and we started using terms like Judeo Christian and that was the consensus. And um but a certain Element of liberal ideology, which I think this this our society is ultimately a liberal civilization, has this tendency to be very suspicious of of orthodoxies of uh, 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 you know at, at attempts to enshrine um, ultimate meaning in the public square, and so it chipped away at those culturally, politically over a long time, and we see that in the vacuum that was created, the wokes moved in, right? So and, and now they're moving very quickly. Every element of national life, you know, corporate, uh, businesses, you know, universities almost certainly obviously, but now K through 12 education. There's not a, not a one dimension of American life where you can escape it. So to me, that just shows neutrality is over. And it was always an illusion. There was always going to be some account of what it means to be happy, what it means to be good, what it means to be exactly fully free. The woke,
0: the whatever they're, you know, they call themselves or whatever it is. They need people to believe there is no conflict. They need people to believe we're just teaching about slavery. We're just teaching history. No, I mean, they're quite literally fabricating with the 1619 project. It mm-hmm. is a, a – I, I would, I would argue it's a different moral framework, but I think it's just a lack thereof. It's, no, it is, it's, it's, it's
1: a, it is, as th- these things often are, it's a kind of bastardized Christianity. I think yes. you, you said that, Tim. So, for example, it has an element of original sin. But the original sin in, in biblical religion is something we all inherit. Mm-hmm. And so, and you, you have to, you know, seek redemption through faith and so forth. And, but the opportunity for redemption is open to everyone and everyone is equally fallen except the blessed, uh, you know, Virgin Mary. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, it, so now we have the concept of original sin, but it's sprinkled across different groups. Depending on your skin color, you are, you know, forever tainted by racial sin and have to spend your life trying to expiate this racial sin. And and if you're a minority or, you know, fit whatever intersectional boxes, the more the better, like trans, disabled, black, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Exactly. Then you're sort of part of a a holy class. You're sort of, uh, you know, you're...
0: Unless you're you're an apostate. Unless you are, say, a John McWhorter or something like that. Candace Owens? Well,
2: I think this is interesting because so so you were sort of suggesting that this, this wokeness, leftism, critical race theory, any of these similar types of thought are a moral system in and of themselves, and you were sort of alluding to them being a lack of a moral system. I think what it is is a moral system without any virtue or any emphasis put on virtue. And so it can be very confusing to suss out exactly exactly what it is. And I think you're also right that it was impossible for there to be any kind of neutrality. Ultimately, what the government has to have is some kind of definition of what a human being is because you can't govern something without reference to what that thing is. And so if humans are created in the image and likeness of God and the government believes that, it's going to govern a certain way. If human beings are just blobs of organic material that happen to have amassed consciousness through some information processing at the level of the brain and there's nothing inherently value about us metaphysically the government's going to govern in a very different way this is is
0: actually really interesting because uh, i think we had a conversation about aliens on on this show maybe a few months ago would would the constitution protect the rights of an alien if like if like an alien spaceship landed on earth and these you know little gray men came out Would they have free speech rights? Would they have constitutional rights? And, you know, typically when we talk about this, people are like, well, of course. I mean, they're presumably people. And it's like, okay, well, if it's a different, entirely different species of, of being, then why do not dolphins or elephants have constitutional rights? In which case... There, there is a presumed definition of who the law applies to, and it's a human being. And yeah. He,
2: he, and I'll, I would also say, too, when people get into the discussion on aliens, obviously it gets extremely theoretical. But the question is, are we talking about a creature which has free will? Because people will say things like intelligent life. Well, how are we defining intelligence? I think ultimately it's, it, does this have free will? Does it have a soul, so to speak, or a rational soul?
3: Well, you know what else is our people is uh, corporations, according to our government, <laughs> legally. And you want to talk about modern-day religion— we're we're living in it. The corporate corporatocracy. Maybe that's what this should be—a corporatocracy, not a theocracy. Yeah. Well, they,
2: it's interesting, you know. And, and you you were sort of talking about this, but how all, a lot of this intersectional stuff is really just a, a corporate religion too. It helps them because you can look the other way on how they're abusing their workers as long as they're giving money to the right causes and promoting wokeness. You know, they all they all changed their Twitter bio picture to a rainbow flag this month. So I guess they're nice and progressive, and we don't have to worry about anything they're doing.
1: But yeah, I think it's interesting that that. Um, wokeness you can kind of trace its birth i mean gamergate is interesting but mm-hmm. that it came after occupy wall street yeah. i actually it was it, it was at, it was at occupy it was well no but the thing was like occupy was making I, I think now at the time as a conservative i was like oh these crazy leftists but yeah in fact after the, <laughs> a, I know. but after after what what uh kind of big finance did with the great recession In fact, those demands weren't – now, in retrospect, I think, weren't so crazy because the the, the idea that you would privatize all the gains but then socialize the risk onto people, that's that's outrageous and that was crazy. But that movement didn't work. And what instead it turned to is instead of a kind of class-based movement having to do with legitimate economic injustices and and overweening corporate power in this country, it shifted to – Wokeism, which is really, really easy for, for corporations well, to accommodate. I actually
0: but, think that was intentional. During yeah. Occupy Wall Street, during the first week or so, actually, I know a lot of people are like, where's Luke at? We, we demand no, Luke. No Luke, I puke. So, uh, our friend, he's he's a, he's <laughs> like, a, like an ANCAP libertarian on a Luke, whatever you describe yourself as. Uh, we met during Occupy Wall Street, and he's, he's libertarian right, and I was very libertarian left, but we both met during Occupy Wall Street in New York. There were conservatives down there. Sitting in with, you know, sitting down, holding up the American flag during Occupy Wall Street, it was very much just a general populist movement complaining about the 1%, the elites. And then something really interesting happened. A lot of conservatives came out against it, and there were conservatives there, so that was, you know, for me, I was kind of surprised. I actually interviewed a, some, some, an older couple, and then the woke came in. All of a sudden, the conversations around wealth inequality turned into racial inequality. All of a sudden, when you started making demands about the big banks stealing from the working class, they said, you're white. Shut up. Mm -hmm. And then immediately conservatives and libertarians started leaving, not wanting to have in this, probably not wanting to sleep in a park, probably. That's fascinating.
1: I didn't know that.
0: And then we started seeing the rise of the I am the 40, 47 percent movement, which to me was also very strange. Why were a bunch of people deciding to be opposed to a popular economic populist movement. I mean, I think Bannon just the other day said tax the rich. Mm-hmm. You know, today, and he, t- yeah. today he said, yeah. yeah. So, so to me, I was kind of like, I was like, oh, I totally understood what they were saying. But the people who initially came down and were protesting the establishment, and the elites. Ultimately, what I ended up experiencing, I went to the deplorable when when Donald Trump gets elected, and I'm I'm there. I'm like, wow, it's a bunch of conservatives. You know, I don't know anybody. I, I know who some of these people are. And then all of a sudden, some people come up to me like, hey, Tim, we're big fans. And I was like, oh, really? I didn't realize Trump supporters you know, like watched my, my, my live streams and my YouTube channel. And they were like, no, 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 we were, we were down at Occupy Wall Street. And I was like, and your Trump supporters? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, screw the establishment. Screw Hillary Clinton. Trump's the one who's going to knock that all down. So what happens is wokeness shattered the, the, the economic populist movement after 2008. And now we've been entrenched in that battle where I think we are very much distracted by it. The problem is... These these they 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 saw an opportunity to move in, the the woke they saw a grievance and if they saw an opportunity to manipulate and I think most of these corporations saw an opportunity to as well. Yeah, how do, you, if, how do you, we, if
1: you shift this to this kind of stuff, um, you, you know, as my friend Christopher Caldwell says, um, um, where he says, uh, you know, in in various realms of life, whether it's public corporations or or, or government, will or they will say like, well, you know, we we've done nothing for the working class, we've done nothing for the working poor. But, you know what, the new CEO is, is, uh, yep. is a trans woman and, and, you know, and so it, it's just, you shift power within elites. According to like hierarchies of intersectionality without actually shifting economic justice. Right, uh, right. One, one iota. Yeah. Now, uh,
0: Oprah Winfrey is oppressed and a homeless white veteran in a, mm. you know, in a wheelchair is the oppressor.
2: And right. his, his privilege is more dangerous because he doesn't recognize it. Yeah. Um, I think that, I mean, everything you're saying rings true and also there was this period of time, I'd say right after the Occupy movement, and this was really all post financial crisis, right after 2008. Your ordinary person, many people, were were upside down in mortgages. And what happened? Well, the banks got bailed out. And so on the right and left, you saw the rise of these populist movements. And you had Occupy Wall Street, which was generally considered to be more left-leaning. And you had the Tea Party, which was generally considered to be more right-leaning. And I think the media and the establishment were terrified of people realizing just how much overlap there was between those two groups. Because then you could actually have the left and right working together to pursue some kind of economic justice. But that isn't what happened. Then you had a revival of these populist movements as a result of i would say Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders and then they were split between those two groups but i would say for as much as i dislike Bernie Sanders i would get along with a sanders supporter a whole lot better than i'd get along with a biden supporter in terms of what their aspirations are for the country and what problems they identify and how they view the political class
1: yeah i completely agree although sanders i think in 2020 got absorbed by the woke blob i yes. think Certainly so his too yeah. It, yeah
2: look and i i have never uh, as i've said never been a fan of sanders i think i'm sympathetic to at least in some way, uh, the, the desires of his followers, I think I agree with them when they point out certain problems, though I very much disagree with their solutions. However, Sanders was very disappointing, and it was almost like he just begged the establishment to take that nomination from him the second time. He was
3: never very solution-based. I liked the guy's fervor. And mm. vehemence, But he was always like, we need to rebuild our crumbling infrastructure. And I was like, if he says crumbling infrastructure, well, I'm going to yes. lose my. And he would never say how. Yeah, I was, never once heard him say. The 1%. Like, the 1% <laughs> has all
2: the money that we need to take. And it was also very much. You're right. It was, it was just highlighting grievances. And he would talk about democratic socialism. And there would just sort of be this vague notion of we will do what Europe does.
0: This is, you know, the most frustrating thing is the left doesn't understand what the economy is or mm. what it means. And they assume that by simply having money, people will be able to do something they were already able to do just because if you like you don't need the money to do it, you just need the, the movement within an economy to do it. If everyone decided right now to go spend money, you don't need to tax anybody. The economy would just be on. It would explode. People would just buy and spend and the money would be circulating really quickly. The amount of money is less relevant to people actually just spending it. But they don't understand that the real core of the economy is the labor within it. Not the digital number in a bank account. That's that's what you end up with, though. That's what they advocate for. I think,
1: for me, uh, I've shifted on economic issues. I I used to work for the Wall Street Journal editorial page, and that's obviously just you know your typical, uh, you know, the absolute end of all government is to cut marginal tax rates (laughs) and and, and promote growth. Over time, I mean, partly personal experience and partly you, you know you see the. Uh, response, the populist response, and you're like, well, there's something wrong in American society. Um, Where the way I put it, um, actually, I should quote Tucker Carlson, where he says, I don't just want growth, I want a decent society, Mm -hmm. Um, a society where it's just based on maximizing growth or maximizing, um, uh, you know, the economic rights of individuals, isn't necessarily a good society. So there are things where, as a conservative, I've come around to the, you know, at least the diagnosis. Maybe the solution, Sanders and I will disagree, like you said, Seamus. But for example, healthcare is is legitimately a problem in this society. 100%. I mean, so like
2: one hundred percent.
1: I have like I you know I have a corporate insurance. You know I used to live in London and we had our first child there, and you know you look if if he got sick as and if you're a new parent, you right away take them to the doctor because you don't know what's going on, um, and it, you know they were treated for, for free, um, and then we moved back to the United States again back into a kind of corporate insurance plan kid gets something called a human metanuma virus which is not a big deal but it needs like one night of monitoring in the hospital and we get a bill for $20,000, wow. of which we were responsible for like 3500 And I was like, okay, well, I can give an extra speech somewhere. I can write yeah. an extra essay, and it's not a big deal. But how do the kind of middle-class people deal? They yeah, don't. don't, just they, don't they just and go bankrupt. They just go bankrupt. It's <laughs> profoundly it's unjust.
2: It's And this is another area where I, I agree with the Sanders types in terms of their diagnosis of the problem. I think mm-hmm. the solutions they propose are really bad because often it's been state involvement and just lobbying from health insurance companies – in government overreach that has led to healthcare becoming such a disaster in this country. And they'll say things like, well, we should have Medicare for all. So, yeah, well, even in Europe, most of the universal healthcare systems are not single payer like that. And Medicare for all would be unbelievably expensive at a time when we're already massively in debt. I can't claim to know what the exact solution is. I tend to be in favor of limited government solutions, but, uh, healthcare is, it's such a complicated mess right now that I can't say one way or another this is This is my preferred policy. I have some ideas, and I think it would be good for lower-income people, for example. I think what we have to do, what we absolutely have to do, is reconnect people to prices but in a way that allows for people who are low income to be treated when they need it. I think most healthcare spending is not emergency spending, so people really could be shopping around, but instead they go, my health insurance company will pay for it, so they don't look at how much the services cost, and it mm-hmm. allows hospitals to inflate the price of basically everything they sell, which makes it impossible for poor people to get treatment.
0: So I, uh, uh, for a long time, was very pro-universal healthcare, and even up till sort of recently, Idealistically, I very much like the idea of universal healthcare. Kind of like how other countries do it. Uh, there's a basic level of coverage everyone has access to, and then you supplement with private insurance. And we we do try to save as many people as possible. Uh, however, in the United States, we have two really really big problems, which makes me feel like yeah. uh, maybe maybe this is not going to work. Um, The first of which is Bernie Sanders saying abolish private health insurance. And immediately I'm like, okay, no, 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 no no one. He's like, we should have universal health care like everybody else. And then abolish private health insurance. And I'm like, yeah, no one, no one did that. You can have your own private coverage on top of, you know, your standard universal coverage. But I'll tell you the nail in the coffin for universal health care for me. You know what it is? It was when they announced racial distribution for vaccinations. Mm -hmm. And that was a hard stop. If critical race theory, wokeness are the driving forces for how we implement policy and it seems to be the case these days with them flying black lives matter flags at the embassies the last thing i want to see is them going okay now we have your life-saving emergency medical treatment and what's your race
1: mm-hmm. hold on a second <laughs> but why won't why wouldn't private insurance adopt woke categories that's the right like if corporations right. are going in the direction of, of so, yeah. I think a lot of times so in, you know, we, rightly so, I think in some ways, American conservatives or Americans in general are, are, are worried about um, public tyranny. Mm-hmm. And that's important. Um, but there's also the possibility of private tyranny. 100%. You know, whether it's corporate or what have you.
2: And I think in any other marketplace, you might be able to say, well, people can shop around. And if the insurance company decides that they want to discriminate against white people, they can find a different insurance company. But in a country where your access to health insurance is tied basically directly to your employment Mm. 90-something percent of the time, that's just not realistic. And so I agree. I also, though, I would say this. One – another reason that I agree that the solutions in Europe can't work – here is a the united states is a gigantic country so implementing That's one true. federal healthcare system for yeah. every state seems like a, a like an impossible to win battle uh, also, we are the fattest country in the world. <laughs> yeah. We are unbelievably unhealthy. I, I don't unhealthy. think that's true. I don't think that's true, though. Did What? Did Mexico overtake us recently? Maybe. Uh, I, I, I don't think we're Mexico. the fattest. Let me look at the They got
3: aspartame, and Coca-Cola went deep into South America in the last, like, 15 years. Sugar You've everything. seen a large explosion of, of obesity. Oh, there.
2: yeah. So the United States is no longer the fattest Nauru? country. But right. I know. Yeah. Uh, that was a surprise. Oh, dude. We're not me.
0: even in the top 10. Really? Oh, really?
3: Oh,
2: well. You know what? That's a, that's that's a misconception. It's all the kale. That's a misconception. I'm glad to have that said, it's not as if we so, have a healthy population per se. Uh, Nauru, Tonga, Samoa,
0: Kuwait, St. Kitts, and Nevis. Wow. Yeah, yeah St. Lucia, Kiribati, Palau, Micronesia, and Tuvalu. How are these so thanks for calling that this out. This sounds these like per there. capita they're doing the measurements by. Like, America is a fat country, though. You yeah. are correct.
2: Oh, wait. Yeah. So, yes. So, America is a fat country. I'm actually glad you called that out because I don't want to spread any misinformation. But at the same time, we are a very unhealthy country. We basically eat garbage, and people see the time to take care of themselves as being when they're at the hospital. And really, it should be when you're going to get something to eat. This is what I'm talking about, dude. The sugar
3: industry is so involved <laughs> in our government. It's disgusting. M- Michelle Obama had this Let's Move campaign when they first got into office. And it was about, let's kick sugar out of our diet. The sugar industry. said? It was what that was about in the beginning. And then, so the sugar industry got involved. They're like, hey, Michelle, let's make this an exercise campaign instead. <laughs>
2: yeah. So she Hilarious. did. I didn't know sugar
3: industry is still involved. It's like having big heroin or big cocaine in your government. And I wonder how connected the insurance Bro. companies and the sugar companies are making you sick and then making you pay to get healthy again.
0: Bro, we do have big heroin in government. The doctors <laughs> giving right. out opioids like crazy, yeah. it's yeah. creating a pandemic, it's destroying this country.
2: It is like that, man. That's the other thing too. Like when you when you see how our healthcare system is being used in these unbelievably corrupt ways, you also see like maybe this isn't just a question of public versus private. It's also, um, I think, it's just a massive issue with with virtue as well. And I, I think we can get into this at some point. But no matter what kind of system you have, if people are just looking to screw each other over and get one up on the next guy, no, syst- like nothing's going to work.
0: That's so that brings me back to we were talking about moral frameworks, religion, and you know, and things like that. Yeah, if people have no shared value system, they don't care about anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I'll throw it to Luke, right? So our, our good friend Luke, who's coming back soon, he has a video, and uh, I think it's called Just Keep Going, You've Got Nothing to Lose, where he basically says, you know, New York City, this, this transit system, millions of people ride the subways every day, and they never talk to each other. And so one day he decided to just go and start talking to people and asking them questions. And then, you know, it gets a little conspiratorial or whatever. But it a good, it's a good message in the beginning. It's a good message. We, we stand next to our neighbors every single day and we never talk. That's true. We don't care. You know, we, we don't care to communicate with them, to learn about their day. When we had smaller communities, we had things bonding us together. But we also had a very a shared moral framework. People would meet at church. That's where the communications would happen. That's where ideas yeah. were, were shared. We changed the society. We lost those things. We lost the town center. We lost the church as the place for communication. And now people all of a sudden have no idea who lives next door to them. That's how it is in New York City. Many people don't even know who lives right above them. I saw a funny meme and it was like on the door and it said like next to the apartment number and it was like this this apartment's favorite shoes and it was bricks. And I was like, Do you know the name of the person who lives next to you? I know a lot of people in New York. I used to hang out a lot of different apartments people never knew who their neighbors were. Oh, it's some guy. He's like a, a tech guy or something. I don't know his name. We have no connection. And that means when push comes to shove, when a crisis hits, people are just every man for themselves.
1: So, um, I live in New York. I live in Manhattan. And, uh, we do know, I think my wife and I know the people on our floor, but you if think you think, you know, no, no, we do, we know them. <laughs> um, my wife better than I do actually, but, but the upstairs and downstairs we don't. Um, and that, yeah, I mean, this is, uh, this is why I wrote this book. Basically I um. You know i have the son he's he's four years old now he's he's two when i started writing it and i'm I, you know i guess i'm just worried about the kind of man our civilization will chisel out of him and i think a lot of it has to do with a wrong account of freedom mm-hmm. um i think we define freedom and this is a product of i think uh maybe the past three four hundred years I'll, I'll blame the enlightenment uh as a Catholic who's, who's bitter about the Enlightenment. Um, <laughs> I'm glad yeah, there's another one. <laughs> but, 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 you know, this, this idea that freedom just means having the maximal amount of choice. And there's no difference, there's no difference whether you use your freedom for good or freedom for evil. Mm-hmm. In this country, the founding generation did understand that. They distinguished between liberty and license. Yes. So that true freedom in the, in the kind of classical tradition, Christian tradition, true freedom meant um, doing what you ought to do.
2: Yeah, exactly. And it it
1: entailed uh, accepting limits. It entailed duty. It entailed sacrifice. um, Responsibility. Responsibility. The freedom to do the right thing, basically. And, uh, you know, when you don't...
5: Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to CarShield.com slash Carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. CarShield.com slash Carlson. That's CarShield.com slash Carlson.
1: In In the book, I have a chapter on Solzhenitsyn, the great Russian dissident he uh obviously was exiled in the United States after winning the Nobel Prize for Literature. He blew the, kind of, he exposed much of the world to what was happening in the gulag system. Mm -hmm. And he comes to the United States, he's asked to give an address, uh, a commencement address at Harvard, and everyone thinks he'll just condemn the Soviet Union. Of course he hated the Soviet Union, of course he hated the communist regime, but he spent most of his time um, criticizing the West and what he saw as its that the West had also somehow gone wrong. That it had been deformed, and specifically, he picked on this idea of that you mentioned that we're all just out to um, just to get ahead and, yes. and and one 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 up each other, right? Um, that's that's also less than worthy of people, he said, right? The, and, Entirely, and it, it breeds its own kinds of tyrannies, private, often private tyrannies. You know, it's and, and there's a certain kind of libertarian today where you know you say, well, actual freedom of speech where it matters, which means like exposing power as a journalist. Is dying, But it's dying at the hands of private institutions. Exactly. And they'll say, well, that's the end of the debate. There are private actors. Big tech can do whatever you want to do. If you want to build your own platform, go ahead. That's, you know, okay, yeah, in a, in a, within a narrow libertarian framework, sure. But in terms of wh- is that is that good for society? Mm-hmm. No, I, had a, I, had so. I had a conversation
0: with some Trump supporters uh, a couple of years ago at one of Mike Cernovich's events. He does these uh, A Night for Freedom things, and this is in D.C., and I was talking to these guys, and I said that I, uh, I I oppose the use of physical and coercive force against people to to take from them. I don't. I, I think that you know it has to be free exchange either through a market or through cooperation. And one of the guys said, "Wait, wait, wait, wait coercive force." And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, yeah, coercive force or manipulative force." And they were like, "Elaborate on that." And I said, "Like uh, uh, defrauding someone." tricking someone into giving up their possessions in exchange for something else. And these three guys were basically like, no, 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 like we disagree with you. If I convince someone of their own free will to give me something that was their choice and that's the way it should be. And I said, so you think that like powerful institutions can – Say whatever they want. And if it convinces people to act a certain way or give up something, that's fine. Coercion to, to in, enforce something is fine. And they were like, for the most part, and I was like, just like how the, the mainstream media lies to us every single day to get people to vote for people who sh- extract from our economy and destroy our, our, our country. And then they were like, yeah, no, that's really bad. And I'm like, right. I I don't know how we get past that. I believe in free speech. And there's a very serious challenge then when you have basically the entirety of the corporate press lying every single day in every possible way. Donald Trump cleared a protest for a photo op. And when conservatives came out and said, I think it was uh, Molly Hemingway, the Federalist, there was already a plan to clear the protest to put up secure fencing. It was incidental that Trump came out afterwards. They said fake news. The Federalist is liars and fake news. We, the media dictate what is true and what happens when the independent IG report just comes out. Oh, all that reporting was correct. The conservatives were right the whole time. The mainstream media exists solely to lie to people. Now, to me, that is fraud, but they have a right to free speech. And so therein lies a very, very serious challenge. When you start to recognize what the left has already been doing, exploiting our values and our goodwill to destroy a system that that ensures people have a right to speak freely. They call it the paradox of intolerance. They put out this meme where they say you must not tolerate intolerance. Otherwise, intolerance will wipe you out. But the funny thing is they're the ones intolerant. They're the ones banning conservatives and anti-establishment actors from the Internet. Meanwhile, they're the ones who get away with whatever they want. And it's the conservatives who keep letting them do it. Of course, they push back and say, you shouldn't do this. But we still sit here and say, look, I understand basically the entirety. Every single media organization was lying about everything Trump did almost all the time. Five years of Donald Trump as a Russian spy. And we just say, but our principles dictate that we allow them to say
2: it. It's interesting. I I, I believe also um, Karl Popper, who they're quoting in Mm -hmm. The the Tolerance of, of Intolerance, or yeah, he was also a, a critic, uh, a heavy critic of communism as well. But, of course, <laughs> that's not that's not going to be something that makes its way into a, a little viral comic. But I think there's a few he wrote, things. He, he s- wrote
1: a book called the, uh, the Open Society and Its Enemies. And I, I, I've, I've always wanted to write a book called The Closed Society and Its Friends. It's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Um, favor some closeness.
2: Yeah. No, I hear you. I'm, I'm not necessarily endorsing <laughs> no, him. I'm, I just I, think no, it's I'm fun joking. that they leave this out. I will say this, though. Uh, so, Tim. There's, a, I mean, there's a few things here. You, you mentioned these media outlets, and you're right. It's really complicated because, on the one hand, they do have freedom of speech. On the other hand, they are saying things that we know to be lies. Not necessarily to come down one way or the other here, but I would ask myself the question, are these people who would be comfortable silencing me? Now, I'm not saying someone's rights are based on whether or not they would give you the same right. Your enemies still have rights. But I think we should at least entertain this discussion of – something being done. So, for example, if you lie about and smear a teenage boy because he's re- wearing the wrong kind of hat and it fits your narrative, then there is good reason for there to be legal penalty because you've attempted to destroy somebody's life with bad information, and your job as a journalistic outlet is to spread the truth. You're and talking they're, about they're, Nick, they're, Sandman. They're, yes, yeah. Nick Sandman. Yes, and Nick Sandman. And I also want to say this. You were sort of talking about freedom a moment ago and the fact that freedom is really in uh, antiquity in the classical tradition, the freedom to do the right thing. And with that comes this robust understanding that freedom and rights are very much duty-based. The reason I have a right to own a gun is because I have a duty to protect myself, and therefore you're not able to prevent me from doing the things that I have a duty to do. And it's similar with a freedom of speech. I have a duty to speak truth when necessary, but if I'm prevented by do it, uh, from doing that, I don't think it matters whether it's the government preventing me or a giant corporation. My right has been violated.
0: It's a very, very serious ethical conundrum. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't want to take away the right of free speech because we know that they would gladly use that power against us. Mm -hmm. In which case... 100%. you're, You're entering war, right? So think about it this way. I have a right to keep and bear arms, to defend myself and defend the free state. If they start using their right to bear arms to aggress against me, I have a right to defend myself, you're entering open conflict. If I have a right to free speech, to express and defend a free state, and they start using speech to suppress and oppress, you're entering conflict. But we don't take away people's rights. We, yeah. we, we just enter that conflict and try and combat those ideas. The challenge becomes when you are
1: losing. I mean, yeah. the, the two points. I would say, first of all, I mean, one of the my, my big battles within conservatism, and I famously picked a fight with David French a couple of years ago, but one of my big battles within conservatism is this tendency to say, you know, um, if we use power, God forbid, they'll use it against us. And I always say, they are using it against us, right? Like, <laughs> yes, is, is, yes. And, and no move, there's no movement that should, that should say, our goal is to not use power. But why are you then a political movement? Mm-hmm. You are in politics to exercise power towards some substantive vision of what is a good society, what do, what do I want to do? If I just come in and say, we well, we're here, because we don't want to use power, you, that's obviously an
2: invitation to progress. That, that, that sounds like basically do? every Republican –
4: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah with every opportunity
2: they didn't do it yeah Yeah, well some do uh, so it's it's an interesting paradox because you have the left which is entirely power-based i mean that's how they analyze everything and it seems to be all they want and then on the right you have people who just don't want to go anywhere near any kind of political power because they view it as inherently corrupting and it's true that that power does corrupt so you have to be careful with it and we don't want to ignore that but you're also right that they're using this against us and we have to do something to defend ourselves and look the point of having a political movement is wanting to change something about society and political power is the vehicle for doing that
1: I, and then on the speech point I would say just because um, i'm I'm not, not as pre speech absolutist actually um, um, that that there is a kind of retconning going on where people look at the founding and they impose a basically a post war consensus on speech mm. and they retcon it into the classic in the into the founding era the founding era uh, the founders were would have been appalled by the idea that there is a free speech right to you know teach kids about transgenderism. It just would not have because that's that's they had a sense of obscenity, right? Yes, the, that's uh, absolutely ob- right. Obscenity you laws. You had obscenity laws in the United it, States. It, but you had them in the colonies before there was a republic. There were yeah. co- common law obscenity laws, and then we had federal obscenity laws after the republic. So the the founders were not these kinds of Reason magazine libertarians. Mm. We we had we had (laughs) we had blasphemy laws, um, (laughs) you know, uh, into the 19th century. uh, You know, you had blasphemy upheld uh, as as a kind of common law charge. So um, if you're not a free speech absolutist, then you think, okay, well, there, there has to be some public authority to. Regulate the abuses of of the kinds of things we 're talking about, like uh, you know big tech or I, or media i, I mean, think I'm, and in this sense I think is a battle line where uh, you know, people like me are often called authoritarians, but i 'm like, well, yeah, but the vision the libertarian vision you have is literally a kind of a, a fifty sixty year old fantasy it is not It does not have even roots in the founding. I, th- I think we yeah, made I think tremendous
0: think? improvements uh, in terms of free speech and expanding the ability to speak. Uh, I think there were, a lot of obscenity laws were were were, were dumb, but I, I would I would say a lot. I think the issue is the system itself is now being exploited. Free speech for me, but not for thee. They'll uh, you know put the communist red salute in a children's cartoon on Nickelodeon with a drag performance, but then if you tell a journalist learn to code as a joke, they ban you. Yeah. So quite literally, there is no free speech in this world for those. Who are anti-establishment or conservative, or even just not woke, mm-hmm. but the woke have all the free speech in the world, while claiming free speech is bad.
3: And therein lies. It, the, the It makes the, me think about like a bunch of people hanging out a public space and then talking, and then one guy, Johnny, starts to sorry Johnny, if you're out there, uh, starts to starts to make a lot of noise and be disruptive, and then everyone's like, stop, 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 and then a couple minutes go by and he does it again and again, and then you're like, you know, you do that again, we're going to throw you out by force, and he's like, but I have the right to do this.
0: Well, I, I don't, I don't agree with that. I mean, w- w- what's happening is, a conservative will go on to Twitter and make a comment about transgenderism. And get instantly banned for simply having yep. an opinion. Not even directly, like, look at Not Zuby. just an opinion, so, for
2: stating facts. So well, literally right, right, right. stating facts.
0: Zuby said, okay dude. Zuby the rapper, mm-hmm. talking to someone on Twitter, responded with, okay dude. Not a genderism, just quite literally as a passive, okay whatever dude. Got, got suspension for it. The, the 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 amount of speech that exists on the in the cultural right a, according to the whims of the cultural left is zero it's shut your mouth you don't get any free speech but thank you for extending us that opportunity
3: that's what i'm saying so the second part of what i was saying is like then the government so eventually you throw johnny out he comes back he's like i'm not the government comes in and says you can't stop him from being disruptive and that's what it feels like this 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 government forcing of us to to listen to this Bizarre I don't know what you want to call it. No, a, a how, twisting of faith or a twisting of morality. It, how are like, they how are they forcing us to, to listen to like, it? Like you can't say you can't tell a transgender man that he's a woman on Twitter.
0: That's a corporation. That's not the government
3: well corporations but that it's seeping into the government is what i I guess well sure sure i mean you're right it is a corporation which is a form
1: of government unfortunately but but i mean Mm -hmm. I, i think the way to to deal with that is uh first of all reform this law section 230 which um you know we at the new york post if i publish libel um in our pages our publisher you know god forbid can get uh Civilly held liable And sued um, But in the 1990s Before there was ever a Twitter Before there was ever a Facebook Congress enacted a law Called the Communication Decency Act Of 1996 Where it gave these platforms um, At the time They were like internet bulletin boards that were completely nascent So no one had any idea They would become so big The right to act like publishers Meaning to censor Kind of violent threats pr- You know Truly kind of prurient content Child pornography Or what have you and, and nevertheless, not be subject to a publisher's traditional publisher's liability. That's the provision that Twitter and Facebook use where they act like publishers, but they don't. But, but if you publish libel on their con- website, they, they, they cannot be held civilly liable. The,
0: the, the law actually extends rather uniquely to literally any web service. So mm-hmm. interestingly, I think you actually have an argument for not being able to sue the New York Times. I'd love the New York Times to just cite Section 230 as a legal defense because it would probably work. 230 just says a online web service. It doesn't define social media or anything. And so there's no distinction between publisher or platform. None whatsoever. Mm -hmm. There's interesting conundrums in that regard then because I I brought this up with Wikipedia. Wikipedia uses the 230 shield where they say you can't sue us for what a Wikipedia article says about you because it was written by users, not us. Mm -hmm. However, the published page on Wikipedia was not written by users. It is an amalgam of a m- bunch of different comments from a bunch of different people, but then formatted and published by Wikipedia with that with a banner that reads, From Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia. Considering that they have now claimed publisher uh, of this article, and you don't see the user's name or
1: picture or the link, that's – I think Wikipedia is the biggest grounds for a lawsuit in terms of libel. And, and the clearest case is uh, – to me is, is Twitter though because Twitter has now it, – it has its own editorial voice somehow where if you look at the trending material, some like hack has written something like people are talking about Governor DeSantis banning the teaching about racism, obviously, and, and in this kind of completely New York times stupid lie framing. But – um, that you—that That is no longer well, just like a neutral platform. Well, right, right, it has right. its own world view. Yes, yes. So then, okay, then you should be sued. You could sue Twitter for what they write. So when, for instance,
0: Twitter said that James O'Keefe was operating multiple accounts, James O'Keefe sues Twitter saying that was a false statement of fact. Oh,
1: sure. No, but I'm saying that the fact that they act like that, the fact that they have their own editorial voice – just makes it clear that they're no longer any kind of a – just a web service. They're a publisher, well, me, and therefore they should be subject to liability.
0: I, I think the bigger problem is Times v. Sullivan, the, the higher uh, – well, I should say it's Times v. Sullivan as well as Section 230. those that aren't familiar, Times v. Sullivan created the actual malice standard in defamation suits. So there has to be a reckless disregard for the truth, or you had to know you were lying, which is actual malice. I think what what's happening now that needs to be challenged, uh, What uh what separates Twitter – Deciding what is allowed to exist on their platform in terms of other people writing things and the New York Times separate, you know, deciding what's allowed on their platform and choosing, and and choosing what appears on the front page. Twitter through algorithms and through their rules will remove and shadow ban conservatives for the most part. They, there are leftists who get banned for sure, but it's a, it's a tendency towards banning conservatives and it's it's a very strong tendency. So, um, What's the difference between that and the New York Times saying we're only going to allow this to appear on the front page? Money? Is that is that really it? No, no, no I, I mean this seriously. If Twitter says, okay, uh, uh, Sarab, you tweeted learn to code and Ian tweeted happy pride. I'm going to ban you. Hey, guess what? The only thing that appears on the front, you know, on the on the news for everybody is exactly what Ian said. And I banned everybody else. So it's it's this really fascinating thing where they're like, I didn't choose to put his writing on the front page. I just asked 1 million people to write their opinion and banned all of the opinions I didn't like. So quite literally, exactly what I wanted appeared on the front page. Whereas the New York Times says we have 30, I mean, the New York Times probably has thousands of contributors who all write articles. And then they say, we looked at all of them and we've decided this is the one that will go on the front page. What's the difference? The New York Times is a corporation paid that person. All right. Here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'll do. I'll create the Timcast uh, uh, community user board where I'll ask people to contribute to writing whatever wild and, and, and cockamamie garbage they want. And we'll put it on the front page. Statement of fact. Boom. Sue me. I'm protected by Section 230.
3: I think the difference is that the New York Times has a human choosing it and curating it, whereas the Twitter has an algorithm doing it. No. So good. they're kind of like be hiding behind an algorithm.
0: So so Twitter uh, – uh, I, I could argue that uh, I'm willing to bet New York Times has filters for their for their contributions that come in that you know stupid things get thrown in the trash and spam folder, right okay well there you go so, uh, I'm sure I'm sure the New York Times has an email account and a gmail account, and their spam filters an algorithm that sort of sorts out what doesn't get to go I, on the front page I, I think
3: it's an I think it's arbitrary if a human does it or if an algorithm does it that you built that a human built, if a human built the algorithm to pick it for you or if you pick it doesn't really matter it shouldn't
1: matter another possibility is to treat them, and this is just as uh Clarence Thomas voice this possibility to treat them like common carriers right like that they're like um air airlines or telephone providers or what have you where you um you know as a as a, as a user you know you have to use it because that's how people communicate now and so um it, you know you an airline blessedly cannot say well because of uh, of your worldview Seamus yes. you're terrible views as a Catholic, like, we're not going to sell you an airline ticket. They, they can't do that. And so, likewise, a, a common carrier social media company shouldn't be able to do that either. So,
0: one of the things that happens, interestingly, on Twitter is that a Twitter account uh, uh, that Twitter will write something libelous. Twitter as an organization is protected by Section 230, but Twitter as an organization is the only one who knows that account belongs to. So what's happened in the past is that there will be an account called, like, you know, Ian is dumb, and they'll say, you know, uh, uh, Ian wants, uh, what, what punched a goat, right? That's the go-to mm-hmm. thing for absurd statements. Yeah, yeah. And then when Ian says, I'm going to sue this person for libel, Twitter says, we will not turn over the records of this user. So Ian has to sue Twitter first to figure out who defamed him in the first place. And then Twitter blocks it and files a bunch of billion, with, with their billion-dollar corporation legal apparatus, shutting your da- lawsuit down. And then you'll never figure out who actually defamed you, and you can't sue him anyway. We've got a very, very serious problem. The mainstream press has been pumping out trash lies. I'm sure the corporations love a confused and demoralized population. We have no reasonable means to actually do journalism and stop misinformation when big tech corporations shield defamation and CNN is propped up by YouTube and the minister of misinformation, Brian Stelter himself, is given preferential access on his content
1: yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we agree. need we need a regulatory. <laughs> we need a regulatory. <laughs> this agree. is yeah, yeah, this is a, uh, and then I mean to, to, to go to your point, Tim, about the the press. I mean, I'm so so embarrassed for my profession. You know, we in in February 2020, we ran an opinion column in the Post uh, by the China scholar Steve Mosher, where he speculated. He was he didn't definitively say, but he speculated that the that the virus could be man-made in origin.
2: Oh no. And and you know <laughs>
1: you know obviously it, it didn't take much at the time it should have been so obvious. Uh the epicenter of the pandemic happens to be where the Chinese have the only lab capable of handling coronavirus. BSL4. Yeah. This, this was the only one in the and so that's all he said and and Facebook banned our you know article And the New York Post is the oldest continuously daily kind of published newspaper in this country, founded by Alexander Hamilton.
0: NewsGuard Newsguard says you're fake news now. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. of course. No, it gets even worse. We were talking about this on the after show the other day. Um, Francis Boyle, he's the author of the American implementation of the Biological Weapons Convention uh, known as the, I believe, the um, Biological Weapons and Terrorism Act of 1989. It passed unanimously. And it's basically the rules for what kind of meddling with different germs is legal, what's biological warfare, what, what isn't. And at the beginning of the pandemic, he said that he believed that the coronavirus was a bioweapon. That's how he defined it. And he's the person who wrote the legislation that is the law of the land of the United States. And he is referred to as a conspiracy theorist. I Which is correct. insane I to me. I just
3: heard a crazy uh, new conspiracy theorist from the sage Duncan Trussell on Joe Rogan's uh, 1666 podcast just recently. <laughs> that what if some crazy eco-terrorist went to Wuhan and released it right next to the bio lab to make us think that it came from the bio lab?
2: Ah, uh, you know. It
0: just keeps getting
3: deeper. Uh, but, but yeah, but hold that on, one's legit. Yeah, it's
2: just a much simpler explanation yeah. to say it was released from the lab.
0: At this point, I would say, now that we're learning that early on scientists believe it may have been engineered... That kind of changes everything. We yeah. didn't know that, and Fauci wasn't telling us that. Yeah, he, he wasn't too uh, forthright. I think right- Brett Weinstein
3: mentioned that when they were studying the the structure of the actual virus, that they were saying it looks like it's
1: been it's been tampered with. So we way. have a we have a bipartisan elite that so benefits from from the relationship with China is so bound up with the idea that opening up China was a good idea, even though it decimated the middle class in this country, even though it empowered this vicious, horrible totalitarian regime. But they're so So wedded to this idea that I think it just cannot be acceptable to them that this was a lab leak issue. So it just, it embarrasses our entire, again, a bipartisan elite. It's not just, it's not just Democrats. It's, it's kind of the uniparty of the Bushes and the Clintons and the Obamas and Goldman Sachs and blah, blah, blah.
0: We have a, we have a a decayed system right now. And I think it's, I find it fascinating that, You know, conservatives still refer to what Antifa does as rioting. And I'm like, when the moment conservatives had a riot, it was called an insurrection. Yeah. It was like the first conservative riot in, in, you know, decades or, or plus, right? It was an insurrection. And even now, considers are still like, anti riots. I'm like, I don't know, maybe we, maybe that's insurrection. Yeah, maybe after 100%. a year of burning down buildings and throwing bricks at people and beating cops and challenging the authority, subverting it and infiltrating institutions, you can call it subversion, at least, insurrection, yeah. whatever. I think but it, it's, start... so, it's, it's so state-backed.
1: Yeah. Right? Well, it's exactly. like the mayors of these blue cities and governors, mm-hmm. uh, would, blue states and blue blue cities, would kind of wink at them,
2: which almost makes it more of an insurrection, right? Like when you're flying their flag at, at one of your embassies, it's almost like it was an insurrection. And they want—I mean, people have been thoroughly you intimidated know, it's, to, it's, it's, to it it's, You know, when people talk about the forcing m- on them,
1: the militant wing of Hezbollah and the you know the social welfare wing, it's kind of like that. I and mean, at some point, it's <laughs> yeah. like it's yeah. a militant wing. Yeah. Of, yeah. A, of I, I just, I just of the, the left.
2: Of, yeah, no, of the left or the Democratic yeah. Party. Yeah. Even
1: we we created a system that was very
0: forgiving that uh, offered up a lot of goodwill, and our enemies exploit that. And so good people of principle, like I mentioned with free speech, will say, I know they lie about us every single day to destroy true freedom and and liberty. And, uh, we will continue to afford them the right to use these things while they strip us of those same rights. So how
3: did it get, how did it get here? Like obviously we had a system of free speech for 200 years, uh, leading up to now. Did they, and they were like militantly, they would crack down. Like in World War II, they had like put people in internment camps. In the 1800s, they would, I mean, I don't know. We, we, like, we, people we had, were we had,
2: locked up under Wilson or attempted to be locked up for like protesting World War One. Yeah, I we, I we mean, had an Office of Censorship. It, yeah,
0: "Silence Accelerates Victory" was the slogan of the World War II Office of Censorship. And, and in you got to
2: wonder
3: at some point: were they right? Like, is bright unbridled free speech is it opening us up to being manipulated from outside powers? It seems like there—if you go too far in either direction—then you're setting yourself up for disaster. I'm
0: going I'm to let you in on, uh, on on a sad truth, Ian. Liberalism is a luxury of those not in conflict. Oh, man. Uh, I've talked about this for years. Um, that, for instance, feminism, as we know, intersectional feminism and critical race theory is only able to exist because we live in this beautiful protected bubble that no yep. one can invade. If we were actually dealing with international conflict and we, we were facing c- civilian attrition, people who were dying and being killed and cities were being bombed, you better believe they would lock down free speech and go nuts arresting random people. Abraham Lincoln, Every, he tra- what did he tried to do? There's, there's like the, the, the legend that he issued a, a, an arrest warrant or wanted to for a Supreme Court justice. Hmm. War. You don't have the luxury. The people who are willing to get aggressive and, 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 and violate principles are the ones who, who, in many instances, end up winning. And that's horrifying. So we want to maintain our principles. We want to believe in freedom. But now what we're starting to see in the U.S. is a lot of people, and this is the crazy thing, not even in the U.S. I was in the U.K., and some British conservative activists told me that they used to be classically liberal. Now they're fascists. Yeah. And I'm like, get out of here. You're not really a fascist. And they, they would tell me, no, but they're full-on authoritarians. They think that the only way to combat the incursion of Marxism and these, these insane ideologies and this moral corruption in their society is by force to, in, to ensure the protection of your values. And you know what? The United States did it in World War II. So, so these leftists want to talk about, here are the U-boats storming Normandy. Those are the real anti-fascists. Guess what? They really do mean it. Okay? They, they were technically anti-fascist in a sense. The anti-fascists by name back then were communists. But the Americans had an office of censorship. We put people in concentration camps, internment camps. What are you going to call them? We literally said, eh, hey, you look a certain way, so we're going to lock you up. The United States violated the rights of so many people to win that war. And the same thing happened in the Civil War. But you know what? Not a single person, I think, would say the U.S. was the bad guy. The North were the bad guys in the Civil War. Not a single. Well, I shouldn't say not a single person, obviously. <laughs> uh, there's the South. The War the, of
3: Northern Aggression yeah, is what exactly. they
0: oh, this way, I'll put it this way. In modern society, the average person would say the North were the good guys. The yeah. And winner then writes when you the bring history, up right. all of the rights that were violated, say we did what had to be done. Then you say 1945, internment camps for the Japanese mm-hmm. and the suspension of, of freedom of speech. And they would say, well, you know, the Nazis were bad. We did what had to be done. Mm-hmm. That's scary to me. Because yeah, it's, it's the reality of war.
2: Well, and I think you can get more nuanced, though, and say, well, yeah, the North were the good guys, and, and the Allies were the good guys in World War II, but war crimes were committed, and we should condemn those. So, for example, the, the, for example, the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki were horrific war crimes. Sherman's march to the sea just burning down civilian homes and making warfare on innocent people was, was unbelievably horrific. Was that
0: the first iteration of Scorched Earth? I think the march to the sea. I don't. I don't.
4: I. Think so.
2: I I'm not entirely certain. In I remember hearing that, but I don't.
4: I think it's been going on Russia for thousands of old, years. Yeah, very old principle. The Romans would do it. Yeah, salt. That's here. right. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I want to go, wanna go back. back to you said something. Liberalism is a luxury for for uh, when there isn't war or when there isn't violence. I would also say liberalism itself um, has been a tremendous force for for violence itself, hmm. right? In the sense that. Um, First of all, I mean, especially in Europe, liberalism, the rise of liberalism, the French Revolution, right, is a classically yeah. liberal revolution,
3: came. Yeah.
1: No, no, no. Well, it, it, I it, 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 leftism doesn't quite come into the picture. Not, not Certainly not uh, like a kind of economic Marxian left. In the late 18th century, these were liberals. They were bourgeois liberals okay, who want to unseat uh, kind of traditional authority, specifically the church. Yes, and that, that and and that meant guillotining priests, uh, raping nuns, yep. stripping altars, yep. and putting up like uh, you know a god, it, the, the goddess of reason instead mm-hmm. of instead of the uh, the Virgin or, or or the cross. Changing um, the calendar. So, yeah. so, so liberalism has come to power. It's because it's been nearly two, three hundred years. Um, it's got this glow of uh, a, a sepia tone that it's a, this kind of gentlemanly powdered wig people who just wanted like rational discussion. But it itself was as an intrusive force in the world. And P- I mean, a lot of people weren't prepared to say, well, here's an ideology that wants to divorce the individual from political community, from tradition, from local places, and just wants to have the kind of just a, a rights exercising, rational individual alone on his own to bring that world about involved tremendous violence. And it continues to be, as my friend Patrick Deneen argues in a wonderful book, Why Liberalism Failed, it's not the case that it's we we face a battle between individualism and statism or a tension between those two. The two grow in tandem because the more you kind of individualize the person, remove him from these traditions that guided us over centuries and kind of gave you a sense of what the good life is, the more you remove him economically and make him atomized, the more he has to rely on the state to yes. enforce his rights to protect Completely. him. You so to, those two forces go in tandem. They're not oppositional forces. Individualism and statism are friends.
2: I think there's truth in that. Yeah, I think excesses of individualism end up leading to authoritarianism and collectivism. And part of why I invoked the left when you we were talking about the French Revolution is because this is something I've said on this show many times before, but it's part of why Catholicism and leftism cannot be reconciled because like the, the intellectual origins and foundings of, of leftism Come from this time period. We get the terms left and right from the French Revolution, and the purpose of the left, since its inception, has been to oppose traditionalism, to oppose specifically Catholicism in the Church. Since the, the left side interest. of the National Assembly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So,
0: one of the uh, pulling up Sherman's March to the Sea. One of the most horrifying things: the end of slavery. What, what was a contributing factor, one of the contributing factors that led to the eventual surrender of the Confederates and ultimately to the Reconstruction era and the abolishment, uh, abolition of slavery? It was when, wow, Major General William Tecumseh Sherman of the Union Army. ...began to march from Atlanta, burning down and destroying industry, infrastructure, and civilian property. The operation broke the back of the Confederacy and helped lead to its eventual surrender. Sherman's decision to operate deep within enemy territory without supply lines is considered to be one of the major campaigns of the war... ...and is considered to be, uh, considered by some historians to be an early example of modern total war. What did they do? They destroyed civilian property. Yeah. They wiped out That's people who, had, who, who didn't want to be involved... But you know what the reality of war was? The food they make goes to our enemy. And if we want to end slavery, this was one of the tactics used, and it worked. I
2: don't. That's know. really horrifying, isn't it? It is horrifying, but also I think there could be a better way because every other developed nation ended slavery without committing similar war crimes. I mean, I'm on the side of the north here, but... Other countries, mostly, I, th- I believe the United States is the only developed country that ended slavery through a civil war.
0: We're going through some kind of new iteration, fourth or fifth generational uh, warfare, with what's happening in, in this country. And I think it's fair to say that uh, those who believe in freedom and liberty or, or classical liberalism, these ideas, have probably already lost. I know a lot of people say that, and I think James Lindsay said something. that effect. there are people like Michael Malice who are much more optimistic and say there's no way we can possibly lose. So
2: Malice well, says that?
0: Yeah, he's yeah, he's yeah. very much like, look how stupid these people are. How could anyone be, you know, blackpilled on this? These people are horribly dumb, and he's dumb got a good
2: people, point. I, I like Michael <clears throat> Malice a lot. Dumb people win all the time.
0: Wasps are really <laughs> dumb, too, and lots of them can yeah. easily kill a person yeah. and carry on and do it again. So what we end up seeing now is, I'll say it again, our embassies flying the flags of Black Lives Matter.
1: And, of course, the rainbow flag, the sacred yes. liturgical uh, item. That and is the one. That's the
2: thing. Yeah, that one. <laughs> that one very much is the the centerpiece in many ways of the modern religion that they have. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, if you question any of their um, views on quote unquote sexual freedom, that's it. That really is the group you're not allowed to speak out against.
1: And reality. Yeah. It <laughs> forces you to. Yes. It, it, this is the most totalitarian aspect of it. It forces you to say that something that you know is not true. Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. the fact that uh, there are two sexes yes and gender has this kind of embodied component Mm -hmm. that you cannot overcome just by willing it or with surgical mutilation but you have to say that you know there are first of all that there are 135 or however many genders (coughs) infinite Um, Infinite, possibly infinite.
2: I mean, and it's it's entirely concrete, right? Sex is entirely concrete. There are two possible roles that a person can have, and your subjective sense of self-expression doesn't change that at all. We talked on this. We talked about this in the last show we did, and I think it was on the after-show segment. But part of my belief here is that this is just the inevitable outgrowth of a contraceptive culture, because once people lose sight of the sexual act as being procreative, it becomes about pleasure and self-expression. Absolutely. And so. It's not a question of what am I doing to contribute or create. It's a question of how am I expressing myself here. And then you become entirely detached from reality and you create millions of different expressions that in no way, shape, or form map onto the act which is occurring. I, I think what we're referencing.
0: I, I, I agree, but I, I think a lot of it is just remnants or, or um, an, an outbreak from deconstruction. When words become meaningless. Mm -hmm. And I think that the the goal is basically that nothing means anything. Ibram X. Kendi was asked to define what racism was, and he said, Racism is racism is when institutions have racist policy. And it's like, nope. What? Can't use the (laughs) word to define the word. Yeah, what are you you talking about? So when it comes to gender as well, men and women become entirely meaningless. And that's why there's a meme where you ask someone to define the word woman. Yes. And they, they can't. Now, scientifically, it's very simple. It's an adult human female. <laughs> exactly. But then...
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> complicated. Yeah, no. I
0: mean, if you look up any academic journal, it says this. In <laughs> modern mainstream culture, it is a ban-worthy offense to assert something like this, let alone... The, 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 Zuby said, okay, dude. Well, and this is also,
2: (laughs) this is the point I was making earlier. With these violations of people's ability to express themselves, it's not as if it's my opinion versus your opinion, and the conservative opinion just happens to not be allowed on Twitter. It's not a conservative opinion that there is such a thing as a woman and that women are different from men. Like, this is a fact. The fact that a woman is an adult human female is a fact. And yet you're banned for stating it. It's not as if this is one person's opinion versus another person's opinion. These are concrete realities.
0: Well, they were. But Mm -hmm. when you have a group of people who are dominating our cultural institutions, who are in every major corporation and advertising network and are making the rules for social media, then you get governors and politicians locking you down so you can't go and talk to people. They wouldn't let people go to church. Mm-hmm. The only way to get your uh, to get your news was through social media, which has filtered out even fact based news articles yep. we know to be true from the likes of the New York Post. Yeah. So the only opinion and news you're getting is the one they deemed you're allowed to get.
2: Exactly. Dr. Fauci, he is the science. Mm-hmm. Yes. You
3: cannot
0: debunk me, I am science. <laughs>
3: I, I tweeted said that. I tweeted again last <laughs> night and felt guilty that I was using Twitter and not mine's. Like why'd I keep using Twitter? <clears throat> I like Twitter. I mean I like I like the idea of Twitter. It's, it's functional, it's big, but
2: why? Why do we keep using it? It yeah, has name we'll recognition. It's the only, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's the place where other people are going to hear you and they did everything they could. I know why we use Twitter because when uh, Parler attempted to launch, the massive companies got together and said, we're not going to allow that. And that's yep. why we're using Twitter. They got <laughs> now, there like the was, next
3: day. The next day was immediate. But,
2: but Ian, you got to have fun with
0: it, right? So the other yeah. day I tweeted, imagine not thinking the Foo Fighters are the greatest <laughs> band of all time. Rude. I mean, I can every, get that everyone, everyone, no, come <laughs> on, the Foo awesome. Fighters, <laughs> well, everybody was like, Tim, what's wrong with you? How dare you? Do you actually believe that? I think no. I liked that tweet oh, actually. Uh, I, <laughs> I posted, I posted a month ago who is the greatest band? What is the greatest band of all time Radiohead. and why is it Radiohead? The Give point is, I just know that these are things that people get riled up about. Like, your favorite <laughs> band is, of course, your opinion on music is better than everyone else's. Most people have fun with it and they post things like, no, my favorite band is this. But it was funny just how, how like people just erupt and I'm like, that's what Twitter is for. See, Michael Malice has it right in that regard. However, I don't completely agree with him when he points out someone being dumb on Twitter and I'm like, dude, a zombie horde can wipe out a civilization in every movie we've seen it. Okay, maybe not really, but if you get these no, like... No, but, but
1: barbarians can overcome Rome. Yes. Yeah, seriously. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Anybody who's the played... French Revolution can happen. Look, look, look. Anybody who's played like OG, War... OG Warcraft, you just spam from the barracks a bunch of knights or grunts and then just keep sending them nonstop that... and
3: overwhelm your opponent. That's how Zerg became a verb. You Basically, the Zerg are from Starcraft. It's this alien-like lizard. If you see Bat... Or, uh, what's the... Starship Troopers, where they fight the bugs. That's yeah. the Zerg, and they would just make massive amount of Zerglings and then rush the opponent. They're like really weak. So they're yeah, really I oh, I'm being
1: zerged. I, I famously have a very um, uh, kind of uh, quick to block trigger finger, so <laughs> I just I I, I deal oh, with the good. Zerg the way the Starship Troopers. But, I'm like no, no, block, no, no, no. But what, no,
0: no, really what I what, what we mean by this is if you have 10 million really dumb people and they show up with bricks and torches. The cops are going to leave. The mayors are going to give them what they want. And the sane, rational people who don't do that lose everything.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the police did get defunded. Mm-hmm. So political violence in this country worked, which is what made that um, when they turned it into a kind of a 9-11, they call it 1-6. Mm-hmm. What, what made their response to that so outrageous is that they had spent the summer making it clear that political violence gets you results. Yeah, right? if you want That's to very defund true. the police, very good point. you know, burn down entire neighborhoods, working class neighborhoods.
0: But conservatives aren't willing to be insane lunatics who want to hurt people, unfortunately. Yeah. Or
3: moderates. I yeah. Is it true have this extreme sect of people that are kind of twisting out of their mind and everyone else is like I'm in shock? I want, I, I want you guys to imagine a moderate
2: some. riot. They're like <laughs> some <laughs> of this, but not too much. Like, <laughs> no, I want you
0: to imagine this. I want you to imagine, like, Jordan Peterson and Dave Rubin angrily marching in their nice I fine agree. suits with
2: torches.
0: No, and Jordan Peterson like If gonna- you
2: think I'm not going to burn your store down, you're absolutely wrong, man. I've got this brick for a reason. It's going through your window.
0: <laughs> I That's agree. That's a pretty good impression.
2: <laughs> Thank you. But could
0: you imagine uh-huh. Dave Rubin, like, marching with a bunch of angry yeah. people to cause violence? It's never ever going to happen. And you know what? These companies and these mayors and these Democrats know they have zero to worry about from people who challenge their orthodoxy. Yeah, I nothing. don't
2: want a government of reactionaries. I don't, if, I don't know if they think that there's nothing to worry about, though, because they're working very hard to ensure that people get censored. You always see these op-eds written about large YouTube celebrities who have larger platforms at this point than these media conglomerates do or, or some of their you know, uh, favorite properties on their, um, their networks have. And you almost always get the feeling that this is because they want these social media platforms to step in and start silencing creators who the media deems as problematic because, again, they're competition. Uh, but that said, yeah, I think they really are afraid. They wouldn't be trying to censor us otherwise. No,
0: I, I, I don't, I don't, I just, I disagree. I think of it like this. If, uh, the people on January 6th, they engage in that behavior, the FBI goes full force against them. Mm-hmm. But when you completely demoralize and cripple a t- an entire army, what do you then do? You humiliate them mm. and you start to torture and, and demean and be right. When, when you know China had POWs, I can't remember when this was. I don't know if it was like the Korean War, or Vietnam or whatever. They would absolutely use manipulative tactics and try yeah. and demoralize and break them down. So censorship is basically like, look, after you've wiped out their Navy, you storm the beaches. Mm. So, yeah, we've lost our, our Navy in this regard. We have no defense for our figurative shores. And the censorship is just them continuing the, 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 the onslaught as we were treating. We're we're running back. The line is broken, well, and they're yeah, they, still chasing. They call us that down. a route. I, exactly.
3: I,
1: yeah. I think part of the censorship regime. I think Oliver Bateman made this point in a in a great American greatness essay, where he said it's um it's not really about not letting the rabble access information, or that's not solely about that. It's also for the elites themselves to create a bubble in which they're they don't hear from what the majority, you know, normal people think. Right normal people normal people don't want stupid wars in the Middle East mm-hmm. they they don't want socialism but they also don't want like a kind of predatory capitalism and they don't want their kids being taught like they want their kids to learn about you know the Napoleonic wars and Homer and poetry and not to just sort of endlessly solipsistically meditate yes. on their own race and gender yes. they don't so so normality like sane politics are possible if you just minimally listen I think still to ordinary Americans but elites, by censorship, they actually just block themselves off. And I think that's very dangerous because you can't have a superpower that whose elites don't actually know what the F is going on in reality, mm-hmm. right? Like, well, it's that's like,
0: why we're not know. going to be for much longer. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't I, think yeah. so. An
1: elite that's this stupid, you're like – I mean, I, I, sometimes I'm like, look, the Chinese in some sense deserve to, to inherit the 21st century. I hate their regime. It's a monstrous regime. It puts a million people in camps, whatever. But – you know they don't have a an intelligence agency that does its recruiting by being like I am a, a you know I have anxiety disorder and I work for the CIA, like you just kind of imagine the Politburo of the of the Chinese Communist Party or inside the Kremlin like looking at the oh, Americans you know you're like they must be laughing if <laughs> if someone I, I I can imagine someone going to I, I guess there's no
0: name for the Chinese intelligence they just call it Beijing. But imagine, you know, there's a Chinese national going to the Beijing and saying, I've got an anxiety disorder, I'm gender non-binary, and they're like, interesting, interesting. Right this way, they put them in a room, and they put a pry bar in front of it and weld the door shut and walk away like they did yeah. to all the people who got sick. Yeah. They do not tolerate anything that could be a threat to their system. They literally killed their own citizens for it. Right.
5: Right.
1: You have to. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just not a serious power. I think a, a power whose central intelligence agency is obsessed with you know the gender identity issues of of the yeah. agents. It's just yeah.
3: partly like the way our, our government's set up right now is if you want to contact and communicate with like a representative, you can't. You can contact their office and like leave a message for their aide or something, but there's no way to like talk to you know Rand Paul right now if I, <laughs> I needed to. If we had like internet video, where like as your job is a is a congressman is to sit down and listen to like 20 30 youtube videos a day you know minute one minute clips or like uh you know 120 of them a day two hours you sit there and you listen to people's suggestions and complaints i could see that
0: yeah but it's still limited i mean it's you gotta, very limited because you, you, you can only get 60 people
3: or 100 right people. if you if you're like a mind meld type thing
0: i don't know man i i i think it's i mean maybe, the media is supposed
1: impossible. to do that for the representatives yeah. the media is supposed to reflect public opinion in part um, but instead, what they've done is to think of themselves as mediators between what power wants to do and this stupid rabble that they, you know, is doesn't know what's good for them. And the media's job is sort of to, like, massage the messages of power <laughs> to the people rather than reflect it to power Dude, and hold yeah. power accountable. The, r- the root kind of, a of a the reversal. word
3: mediator is media. What?
1: Yeah. That's yeah. what? yeah. Yeah.
0: The mainstream media, the fourth estate. Used to be that they were considered to to be almost a co equal branch of government. They would challenge the power and regulate it such that the people had an opportunity to challenge the corrupt.
3: Not anymore. We kind of do. Like, this show is an example of it because we could have people on the show that have an opportunity to express, like, unknown opinions, and then people like Rand Paul will hear it because people, they it's watch true. it, it gets passed. And I,
0: and I think one of the most important things we're doing is over at timcast.com. Because uh, I, I, was, I was talking about this in, a, in an earlier video today. You know, Brian Stelter, he was on C-SPAN, and people were calling up C-SPAN, and it was hilarious. They were like, you are the, you are the worst disinformation you know, outlet. CNN is trash. You're liars. One guy called him the minister <laughs> of misinformation and said, at this point, <laughs> if you do the opposite of what CNN says, you'll probably be, be better off. <clears throat> so I, I tell people we can't just be doing shows where we complain about it. It's a good thing. To spread awareness, but you have to do more than that. You have to create stuff. So that's why I wanted to. I I reduced by fifty percent the amount of segments I was producing every day, because I wanted to make the vlog happen. I need more time to do that. I need more time to look through job applications and expand the business. Now we have a vlog, which the ninth, I believe, it's the ninth episode coming up tomorrow morning. And here's what I always tell people: we're not we're not there yet. We're we're building it. It's hard. We do not have the resources of these massive corporations or the privileges that YouTube grants them. But in that skate park, when a dude shows up on his BMX and grinds the grind bar and it's his big deal, he has a Gadsden flag right there. That means some little kid who watches that YouTube video is going to see the Gadsden flag. And he's not going to know too much about it. But then one day when he's in school and his teacher says some stupid critical race BS about the Gadsden flag being racist, he's going to go, what? No, the castle guys have one of those. They're not racists. They have people of all different types over there. Is my teacher lying to me? Yeah. We need to produce culture. Talk about what we're for and make things. So instead of just complaining with the media lying all the time, what are we gonna do? Well, we've got some people coming out we're gonna hire to do journalism. And of course, we're not the only ones doing it, but more people need to. We need something comparable. We need, if the fourth estate has been destroyed, we must rebuild. Hopefully, yeah. we're, you know, considering we're facing conflict, they'll try and come and shut us down. They'll try and stop us. Mm-hmm. We have to be very, very careful about what we talk about when we do it on, on channels like YouTube. But once we get the website up and running, we get a bunch of journalists. We can say whatever we want. yeah, Within reason, obviously.
2: Yeah, I I tend to agree with what you're saying here. I believe conservatives need to put more emphasis on creating culture. This Mm -hmm. is part of why I do Freedom Tunes. I like to do these little animated shorts that are are promoting these values. I really just make them because I want to make something funny. But because my values are conservative and, and Catholic, they'll come through in the content But the problem is conservatives generally scoff at media. It's strange. They'll lament the fact that they don't have enough representation in media. But when someone says they're going into media, they tend to laugh at them. And they definitely won't won't let their children pursue a career in media. But the reality is the way the left has gotten their morality across is by very passively asserting it in the background of the things that they create or in the foreground, but not in an overt, heavy-handed way. So they'll just have characters in their films Agree with certain lifestyle choices that other characters have made without beating you over the head with the fact that the producer thinks that that's an okay thing to do They'll have characters talk about how they have casual sex but it won't be a driving part of the plot of the film. They'll have characters discuss abortion in a way that isn't condemning it or homosexuality. They don't sit there like conservatives do and say, here's what we believe about X, Y, and Z. They just show you it's those passive. things happening and say that those things are normal. Mm-hmm. And if conservatives want to have any shot at winning the culture war, they need to do the same thing with the media there, they there, create. There's
1: this tape from uh, like the Nixon tapes, uh, and he's talking to some of his advisors. Um, you can find this online, and he's like turning to – I can't remember who it is, but he's like – You see on the TV, they're making the working man look stupid, like an oaf. And the the urban homosexual, they're making him look cool. <laughs> um, I don't.
2: Yeah. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. But it's, I think there's true. Like fathers are always depicted as yes. complete idiots. Absolutely. The, yeah, we, the
3: Real Housewives. If you watch that show, which you probably do. Um. Do you? No. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> um I have been lately a little bit as like a kind of a social experiment. But they're alcoholics. I mean, they pretty came much all alcoholics. And I saw
0: Seamus. He had a TV.
2: And stop, Tim. You promised. You <laughs> it's, promised. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: subversive because they're all alcoholics. Yeah. Most of them, but they don't talk about it really. They just laugh and joke just about me. it, and they have like funny music going on as she's taking her like fifth shot.
2: And you know what the point of those shows are? It's to have your average person watch it and say, well, I'm not that bad, so I really don't need to improve well, myself. Well,
0: thing, hold, but- hold on. You know what? I, 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 we, we talk about when everything went bad and everyone says Harambe as a joke. But maybe, you know, we used to have TV shows that were like family friendly, wholesome shows. About like moral messages About improving yourself And being better We had superheroes Yeah And then all of a sudden It became about dysfunction Mm -hmm.
2: Something happened Whose
0: fault is it Is the boomers Can we blame them Are they the ones LSD It's easy to blame Someone else for our problems Right
2: There are ways also To portray dysfunction And even portray dysfunction In a comical way That doesn't glamorize it
0: Like Looney Tunes
3: (laughs) <laughs> That's but I is obviously no, an idiot. A,
2: like animation is great <laughs> for that. Ooh, like, I mean oh, Okay, maybe I
0: went too far. His devices keep failing. Yeah. It's not you his know, fault it's, it's Acme's like, fault. It, it, but he is dumb for not just going Calling. to a, yeah, going to Acme and being like, "Hey, guys, I want a refund. Can I get, can I get a? Is there a different
2: company? Why is, he, why is he still choosing this brand? They must yeah, have really. phenomenal <laughs> customer service because none of their products work." A- a-
1: Acme's like, "If you want to build your own dynamites, <laughs> yeah. go ahead. You right? want to build
2: your own Acme? <laughs> yeah, Dude, I'm pretty. Was was? Oh my gosh, was, was they, Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner a cautionary tale about monopolies? Yes. What happens when corporations take over? Acme. Is does that stand for something? There's there's actually
0: a a Family Guy joke where he's going to get a refund. And his wife's yelling at him. He was like, he's in the store, and he's like, "Look, it didn't work. I paid for this, and like, nothing he ever bought worked." Well, to be fair, also, Roadrunner had magic powers. Like when Wiley would draw the fake. Tunnel on the wall and oh, Roadrunner would actually run through it, and yeah. then he wouldn't.
3: Maybe Roadrunner was part of his imagination, and he was tripping. Was that like the fifties or
2: it's the sixties? Cautionary
0: the- tale for not taking your medication, mm-hmm. <laughs> not taking your medication, and also
2: not allowing large corporations to yes. dominate an entire market. Okay, what dominate if, the what market if, for what if ma- they, uh, giant cartoonish magnets what if there and was, rockets. And well, hold on, hold
0: on. Uh, what if there was a law that said if you are diagnosed with a mental uh, illness, you couldn't vote? Oh, that's dangerous.
2: Yeah, because also dissent is so frequently pathologized even now if you disagree with uh, homosexual lifestyle you're a homophobe you have a phobia you're or, a transphobe. if you're, you're a, a critic
1: of islam you're you're an not islamophobe a, you're an islam yeah we were talking about no one gets
0: to vote nobody. nobody nobody no yeah. votes i'm fine with that gone.
2: <laughs> only
3: one person gets to vote this time pope francis it's the robot just, <laughs>
2: wait, what if we just had a lottery every year and one person who's like a handful maybe like 12 people denmarky I think it was um That's what it's I, th- called. I think it was Buckley who said he would rather be governed by the first 100 name in the phone book, the first 100 yes. names in the phone book than the committee at Harvard like 100%. Yeah, the
0: oligarchy. That's, I mean the problem is it would be like it would be like John, you know, Anderson, Bill Ardvark, and it's like people be changing their names, bro. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd call myself ah ah a. Yeah. I would be the president. Then 100
2: random names in the phone book, tim, all right? Problem solved. <laughs> Then everyone's trying to get in the phone book?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no phone book anymore. No, no, no. They're,
3: they're, they're not real.
2: Actually, the they white might pages still exist, right? Pages, they're online. They're online.
3: They're online. Do you guys think there's a peaceful, like, um, I don't know if there's a solution is the right word, but transition kind of? Because it seems like our free speech has gone so far out of whack that we're allowing... Things that maybe shouldn't be
1: allowed. Ah, that's not what I want to say.
2: Well, no, I mean, it, but also, <laughs> is what I want to say.
1: He said it, then you're like, ah. Oh, what is wrong it? I'm, with? I'm going to be Emperor no, Palpatine I, here and say, but, "Good."
2: <laughs> no, 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 I want to say this though. I, 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 I think there is Let something. Let the hate flow through you. There is something really interesting to be said about this, though, because you just said something and went, oh, I don't want to say that. I mean, you're exploring your thoughts here. And when you make a public statement, you're sort of connected to it for the rest of your life, even if two seconds later you disagree with what you just said. It's a very strange phenomenon. I mean, I understand the necessity to be responsible when you're speaking in front of thousands of people. I'm not discounting that. But at the same time, this conversation is occurring live, and in the back of our minds, there's this question of, Am I going to say the right thing? Am I going to trip up? And I'm, am I going to be irresponsible? It's it's something you can't remove from the equation no matter how hard you try. I think you know, that's really interesting. To cl- and it's not examined enough when people watch live shows that have other people talking. Oh, that's that's it. why yeah. I'm
1: fundamentally a writer. Like I write because yeah. then you can you I try can, and refine edit. Yeah, exactly. These formats, I only do when I'm promoting a book. Exactly.
2: And, and we spend our entire lives practicing conversation totally in private. And the skill sets for a private conversation don't necessarily map onto a public conversation because you don't know how your audience is going to understand you the way you do the person sitting across from you, Will.
3: Yeah, that's true. I try and, I try and make a fool of myself that way so that other people aren't. Don't get hit by it because you're right. So
0: I want to get out ahead of that. So then, do we adopt authoritarian classical liberalism, well, where maybe. what we do is we anybody who who's uh, who's adv- using free speech to advocate for anti-liberalist uh, li- values is 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 uh, figuratively crushed. The dissent is is removed. Only the but that's, that's
1: that's that's sort of that's what brought us here. That's right? a, it, uh, so, 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 I gotta say real, real quick. That's the, like a James. The, the Lindsay point maybe, is maybe, huh?
0: the yeah. left is literally advocating for that. Not tolerating intolerance, saying we're very tolerant of everyone, except for those who oppose us, but then you yep. see like last
3: year when they were b- burning buildings and things and, and nothing happened, like there wasn't a, a federal national guard response like did we let it get go too far Did we no well, so. well, no no, there
0: was a national guard response,
3: but it wasn't very much, and it didn't stop the riots
0: there, it wasn't a national guard response as, as in like they went and started arresting people right. it was actually that like the national guard showed up, stood around, and then they still
1: rioted anyway, yeah,
3: mm-hmm. so like what do we do do we do we crack down on, like, rioting and
1: give Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, rioting is is, is illegal, and so it just means – a matter. but but the way that I, – I, I,
0: I, I, think, I think not. I mean, Kamala Harris raised money to get them out of jail, and they did, and their charges were dropped.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying that, that it's not being enforced, or it's being selectively, selectively enforced. 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 I mean, so um, that just goes to show that none of these categories is neutral. All right, here's So my, you my long-term solution is, is taking uh, – I got – I got but an idea. I got an idea. I was going to say something really sinister, but no, no go no, ahead. No, I think I think I, I I'm a I've become a kind of not big government conservative, but a conservative who believes that we we do need a government to to mediate between these different actors in society and and. And to you know, authoritatively guide people to virtue. So your you know friends in in Britain who call themselves fascists, thats horrible because fascism is is more kind of raw exercise of power, yes, um, and tyrannical. Well, but not, but not friends of mine. In fascism, no, no, no. I, I, mean, I, they, I, understand, I understand. sorry, sorry, yeah. The, the sort of the, the people you met at the rally, but but <clears throat> I think a government that authoritatively guides people to to be a little bit more virtuous through policy and so forth—that's that's just what the purpose of government government is. You know, we're, we're one way or another, we're guided to some morality. Yeah, the folks I certainly I, want to do and it. I, I have was. the solution. Mm-hmm. It's really obvious, it's been in
0: front of us the whole time. What's that? You see these 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 leftists have been infiltrating our cultural institutions and our government. The right just needs to all start showing up to Antifa meetings and then gain positions of authority within <laughs> Antifa, yes. infiltrate. And then when all of these different local Antifa chapters are run by MAGA conservatives, then that's it, no more Antifa, no more rioting.
2: Mm. Boom, done. Yeah. Reverse no, infiltration. I, I, like I think it. uh with what you're saying, I hear you. And I don't ultimately think that that's big government. There are different approaches to it. Some would involve more government involvement than others. And I also just want to echo what you you said about fascism. Uh, It's very unfortunate. It's just this strange totalitarian Marxism LARPing as traditionalism. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ultimately, I believe that a country as large as the United States, especially with a government as big as ours, is fundamentally impossible. I don't think it's going to last in the long run. I think the kind of social and cultural decay we're seeing is probably going to continue. Ideally, we would have states with much more autonomy to implement the kind of, I think in those individual states, virtue-based governing strategies. Because what you try to implement now in a place like Georgia probably isn't going to fly somewhere like California. But the problem is the nation is so tightly interlinked because of how massive our federal government is that everyone is invested in what's going on in states that they might not even visit in their lifetimes. So I would say we really need to roll back the power of federal government, and so in that way, I'm very anti-government. But, anti no, they, they won't but leave I you, think
1: they won't leave you alone in your like red state readout. Mm. They because that's the nature of the ideology. I and also so the, think the that's true. The Game true. is a federal game, and it'll it'll be played on that field. So you have to. I just do think you think should, so? Yeah. I
2: see. I think it's possible that at some point the federal government will become incredibly weakened. Uh, I don't see it happening in the immediate future. Uh, and, and maybe this is just wishful thinking on my part, because I agree with you that if you have the federal government, especially with the power that it has, people on the left are never going to be able to tolerate the existence of a right-wing society. They just won't. And even if you have it, so it's complicated. I mean, there is something about unvirtuous people who are living on virtuous lifestyles where they, they cannot tolerate the existence of people whose existence challenges their conscience fundamentally. So I hear you there, but I also – I don't want to slide into this thinking where where uh we reject any and all use of power, but I I just don't see a lot of these right-wing strategies working effectively at the federal le- level in terms of development of virtue among I mean, the to, populace. To, to,
1: to, so look, you have to have you have to have uh private exhortation to virtue. People have to, yeah. you know, uh, uh family matters and so on and so forth. But at the, at the bottom line is I I think I think we're in a really, really bad state. Like, we're in a, kind of, in a kind of dystopia. It, it feels like... I mean, there's a kind of Twitter joke, and we laugh about it, but it kind of feels real. It's like, you know, eat the cicadas. Eat the know, bugs, live in the pods. L- look at the porn, live in the, your yeah. pod, and have, like, your food delivered by drone, and, and increasingly your face mask so that you don't know, have any... This, <laughs> is, this is the stuff of, like, Blade Runner movies or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And except it's, it's becoming real. So, to me, that takes dramatic action but the good thing is um uh you know you you precisely because of the nature of of power if you, of of power as it exists now if you infiltrate it you can very quickly uh reshape society i think because the law is a teacher what the law approves That's or what true. it authorizes people will and and you'd, you'd be surprised I, I really believe this you'd be surprised how quickly people will change their minds And then they will forget that a week earlier they held the contrary opinion. So you have to, as power shifts, they're like, oh yeah, I've always been here. You know, so, so for me, what that means is for conservatives, you know, they often say, well, we don't have the culture with us. What does that mean? Like, you know, the vast middle of people go this way and that. What really matters is if you can capture the elite Mm -hmm. as an elite, uh, you know, interpositions of power, you can very quickly shift the ship of state as it were
2: i think that's interesting i'm definitely going to really strongly consider that my point has more or less been that i think the united states government is just too gigantic and this is too large a country to be governed under one main governing body i mean you seem to be saying something different and i I do really want to consider that so i'm open-minded here what would you you think i would ask well no i guess i guess my point is when you have 50 states, and initially when the United States was set up, it wasn't intended to be a country where you have this monolithic federal government running this gigantic country. It was more or less smaller states governing themselves and then the federal government could come in and regulate trade or dictate a common currency, solve other disputes, ensure that the Constitution is being held to. But now it's as if people almost go directly to the federal government whenever they want a law changed instead of looking at how they can implement change on the local level. And I just, I it's fear just because, that it becomes an our, impossibility we, for we 330 ha, we, million to we be guaranteed a, by the same. We have a national
1: economy. We have an international yeah. economy and therefore localism doesn't really, doesn't really work. It's just the nature of the, of the thing. And I think, you know, it, at least certainly the kind of Hamiltonian strand of the founding is not quite, as you describe it, it's more like energy in the executive uh, is constantly the That's phrase true. that Hamilton yes, uses. Yes. So, um, yeah, but you I know, I mean, I'm, I'm, they we're
2: not all of one mind. on I'm always of
1: open to the idea of, of subsidiarity yes. in, in Catholic social teaching, which is that problems should be solved at the level appropriate to them. So if a family can solve a problem, then the local mm-hmm. municipality shouldn't interfere. And if a local municipality can solve a problem, then like the state shouldn't interfere. But I think we're at a point where all the crises we're facing Unfortunately, can't be solved at the level of family, local municipality. It has to go all the way up. Yeah, that's interesting. Global or national problems.
2: So I hear what you're saying. Yeah, in this idea behind subsidiarity, it it, it goes as far as to state that the most local possible authority should be the one to solve it. Um, But then we have that conflicting with solidarity as well. I think over the past hundred years. We have moved so much away from subsidiarity, and maybe that's what's created this problem where it's as if nothing can be solved at the local level I, I have to consider that more strongly as well
3: what would be like an example you think of like um some some way the federal government could 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 shift or change policy to to enact what you're talking about like a like a psychological
1: shift in the in the will sure of the people i mean that, so like uh, we I think we should promote. Uh, people forming families and having children. And so I would do what like the Poles and the Hungarians are doing, which is, you know, if you, uh, you know, if you have four children or more, you're exempt from income tax for the rest of your life, or you get a cash subsidy even, or, 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 or you get a loan for a van so you're able to carry your, you know, but so, but that has to, that means that conservatives have to believe that it's good for people. To form families and have children, yeah. and, and for the and government to spend and tax, spend and tax. So, like the, the, the Heritage Foundation types, and the entire apparatus of the conservative movement is created to give lip service to these kinds of things, but then push uh, policies that uh, deracinate people that work really well for Goldman Sachs and 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 and, and basically financiers, big corporations and not and and they'll say they'll be alarmed they'll be like oh if we do a certain kind of policy where moms stay home more then moms won't enter the workforce heaven forfend yeah that's kind of you saw the conservative actually there's nothing there that was heritage yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: they were like oh no i don't know but there's nothing there
2: i would disagree with by the way i just want to we should uh
0: jump over to super chats so if you haven't already give us a good little like it's very simple if uh if you think cnn deserves more views than us then don't don't press the like button. Don't share the video. Then we can all just sit here and be grateful that CNN is as big and as powerful and privileged as they are. Because you know YouTube puts them on the front page. They're the authoritative source. Isn't that funny? I mean, think about it for two seconds. CNN was lying to us for years about Russia, and and YouTube will still put them on the front page as the authoritative source. So in all serious, seriousness, if you think that's a problem. You can uh, share this show. Uh, you can become a member at TimCast.com and just know that your membership is going to go towards hiring more journalists and reporters and working on building up this newsroom as well as a bunch of other shows. Of course, we do have the Paranormal Show we've been working on and a bunch of other fun stuff. But uh, let's read some of your super chats. And uh, we have here, Jason McNeil says, Maxim Bernier, the only political leader against lockdowns in Canada, has been arrested in Canada, right. getting more worrisome as time goes on. When they started locking down the, uh, uh, the, the, the country, these states, it was, it was despotism. It was, it was an act of authoritarianism. And still, you know, most people just sit back and say, well, you know, I won't violate my principles. So what ends up happening is these Democrat governors keep doing it. They're not going to stop. All right. We got Bryce, uh, Blosser says, hoping we will have a better governor next year in Virginia. In the meantime, check out. GlenderFarm.com for small family farm, uh, small family farm American prime beef for patriots. Free shipping. Hey, that's cool. Maybe we'll go and check that out.
2: That's awesome.
0: Glender Farm. Chris H says, I'm happy that you seem to have fixed your internet issues. It is deeply disappointing trying to listen to your stream live at 2 a.m. in Germany with connection issues. Oh. Apologies for that. Um, so apparently, the lightning strike fried one of the boxes. Yes, so was that's like the why rout- all
3: the internets were having the router out. was on fire. and mm. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> like
1: that.
0: Yeah, so the lightning strike hit the cable. Where did it- that's so weird? I don't know. Yeah, the uh, kind of elevated. It was. It was. It was like some li- some lightning strike fried a, 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 the line that went into the box, and it only damaged some of it. But Very they had to replace the line. That's cool, though. You know, lightning. bug hq says a nc steel machining place was hit by a cyber attack today is steel the new target shout out to jj the best stepdad i could hope for for my daughter don't eat the bugs guys they're for the lizards i should know so we're trying to get we're trying to do live events there's a bunch there's a couple hurdles we have to overcome one of them is structural but we just had some guys be like look we don't think you can do steel because the prices are way too high to like open up the building and make it better and so I don't know. They're like, you have to double up lumber. It's cheaper, but still ridiculously expensive. So they went after the food, the oil, and now the steel.
5: Yeah. Yep. Building okay. equipment, wood.
0: All right. One Eye Gaming says, Ian, a few days ago, you said you were worried about who Russia would side with if war broke out between America and China. Yes. Russia will either side against China or stay neutral. China claims Russian cities and competing with Russia in arms sales.
3: Well, remember how staying neutral worked for the Russians in World War II. I guess technically they sided with the Germans and then they got invaded by the Germans. So I don't know if they're going to make that same mistake again with China.
0: Right on. First, last says, can I still be a Christian without going to church and liking the pope? Is reading the Bible, hearing people like JP and Cliff Nectal from YouTube ask Cliff a good way for spiritu- spirituality and one with God?
2: This is a really, really good question. I'm sure Sorb has an answer for this as well. I would say that Jesus Christ came to earth and he, he died for your sins and, and came back from the dead and he founded a church. And through that church, he has delineated clear rules for the ways a person must go about getting to heaven and one thing that we're bound to do is attend mass every sunday and so well, you spoke about the pope and you also spoke about christianity without referencing catholicism i assume you're probably asking a question about catholicism because of that invocation of the pope And I would say one of the requirements to be considered a a practicing Catholic is to observe all the necessary holy days, which would include the the Sunday obligation to attend Mass. So I I would say you should do it. And I'm not sure if you're in an area which is particularly locked down or if you've been to a a Catholic Mass before, but I would recommend going to your first if you haven't and talking to the the priest there and, and asking him, some of these same questions. And, and furthermore, if you can, f- try to find a TLM, a traditional Latin mass, because I promise if you do, that priest will have solid answers for I, you. I
3: got a question for you guys about Jesus. Do you think that he was the the meat body of Jesus or the spirit that inhabited his body?
2: He, He's he both. was both. Dualism. This yeah. is actually yeah. interesting. Isn't uh, it Arianism that he was... He was a creation of God yeah, the Father. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, so, uh, and, and, and it's
1: various Gnostic movements in late antiquity where, mm-hmm. which basically said that... Um, you know what you are is this divine spark that happens to be trapped yes. in a in a kind of fleshly apparatus that's yeah. bad, um, and you see it by the way echoed in tra- modern transgenderism. I talked about right? that last week, oh, okay. the idea that like, I'm just the kind of mental material—that's my real self—and mm-hmm. this body means nothing. Therefore, I can do everything with it. Um, Orthodox historic Christianity always made a point of saying that that Jesus Christ was fully man. And it had a soul. True God and, but and true also, man. True God and true man. But also had a body. He was, you know, he, his mother bore him to term just like any other person. And, and therefore it's a kind of, it resists those Gnostic tendencies. Yeah. So the Christianity, especially in its Catholic iteration, is incredibly concerned with matter too. It's not yes. just this kind of airy fairy spiritual spirit. The spirit is important. Yeah. But, but we're human beings were embodied. And the fact that Jesus is fully man, fully God, um, therefore gives us a, a bodily have, claim on heaven not just the spiritual one. Yeah that's
2: very that's, that's, I mean I couldn't have said it better myself and I'll, I'll just add this, this is part of why it's so important that Christ rose from the dead body and soul, it wasn't a metaphorical resurrection, he, he literally came back and as Catholics we believe in a resurrection of the dead which means that we believe at the end of time everyone will be resurrected and given a body. Don't you
3: think that someone just robbed his grave and took his body?
2: Well no because there were eyewitness accounts of him being alive after the crucifixion, after he'd already been buried Let's, uh, we'll,
0: this we'll is good, go <laughs> good stuff. I'll, yeah. I'll fight you naked says, thanks, Tim. I bought physical gold, crypto, and survival food. I'm not a financial advisor. Lydia, thanks for taking the time to read my article, but mine takes six minutes to read. And someone with a following stole my title and wrote some woke, sympathetic BS. Interesting.
4: I love you. I fight Oof. you naked. <laughs> yeah. I'll fight you
3: naked.
0: I like that name.
2: All right. It, actually, is it okay if before the next super chat, I ask Sorb a question? Do it, do it. This, this, might, this might take a little too long, and so if it's an after-show discussion, I'd still be really interested in that. We, one thing we were discussing was the fact that people who live really unvirtuous virtuous lifestyles, and I think it's especially linked to unchastity, have this incapability of tolerating virtuous societies. And so I'm curious about how that maps onto any social change that conservatives might attempt to implement at the federal level, like you were discussing.
5: Mm. Is it possible? Are those
2: people just ungovernable at the federal level? I guess what what is to be done about it?
1: I mean, look, I I have to go to sort of basics, which is that, um, uh, you know, St. Thomas Mm -hmm. in the treatise on law, Mm -hmm. relying on Aristotle's ethics says that um, exhortations to virtue aren't enough. Mm -hmm. So the certain kind of you know there's a kind of christian that says well, just just privately do your thing yeah. evangelize the culture yeah. that's not enough because uh the ruler who wants to lead his pe- people to virtue needs to have the ability to to uh uh use authority mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. kind of lovingly use authority so i think um the the first thing i would want to see from is just a society that makes it a little bit easier yeah to to start a family to have a family and not to sort of be bombarded with, um, you know, let's say pornography, right? I mean, hundred percent. You. As you know, um, nine out of ten boys will see hardcore porn before hitting puberty. Yeah. That's the University it's of New Hampshire saying. That's a really bizarre society. Yeah. That's it. So I, I just want some of the sort of the worst of it, at least, curved. And I, I just give space for people to because we we are human beings we're relational animals, we thrive in families we uh you know we we seek union with with one other person um all this stuff has been so distorted,
2: yeah. That's yeah. the problem, with, with, and as goes Ryan, as uh, they say, uh, you know, as goes sex, so goes the family, so goes the society, and we've allowed our sexual attitudes to be completely distorted. Like by when you walk yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a really good answer. I'm, I'm glad I asked.
0: All right, lost in my head. 60, 63 says, "Freedom tunes brightens my day." Oh, thank you, yeah. Tim. Keep it the good work. You too, Lydia. More DMT, Ian. Okay. Also, can you shout out? <laughs> no, my, no, Ian. No. Yes, yes, let's go. My GoFundMe help us build an off-grid community. Oh, I yeah. lost my job to COVID and China after spending a long time building towards this goal. Cool. Sounds cool.
3: That is very cool. All
0: right. Mavro St. John has A follow-up to a super chat about World of Warcraft earlier this week. It's honestly funny to think about left and right as Alliance and Horde. They hate each other so much they can't see the things they share in common. Uh, very obviously the Horde is the left and the Alliance is the right.
3: That's why I like Thrall, because there are people on the left that, that, that shake the shackles of, of slavery of mind.
0: Huh. Yeah, the Horde is, is, is the left for sure. The Alliance is the right.
3: Thrall was like this orcish shaman that was like just transcended orcism and became like unified with the humans and the elves and just realized there was a greater purpose to fight the demons, really, I guess you would say, or
0: or protect our the other living organisms from the demons. All right. Cooler in Texas. First time super chats. Tim, I know a little HVAC and, and, a, and am a professional lids at Sam. Oh, wonderful. Oh. You should hire me so I can escape California. Uh, I don't think we need anybody for HVAC. You know, but uh send an email yeah. to jobs at timcast dot com if you're interested. All right, Samuel Eddy says, "Live in the cabin, eat the venison, harvest the fields, and buy the guns." <laughs>
2: yes, dude. Liberals yeah. read that and they're like, "How
0: horrible!" Yeah, <laughs> we should make a shirt that says that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then uh we'll we'll make uh, we haven't we haven't eat the bugs eat 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 the bugs graphic. It's a cornucopia with bugs bursting oh, from no. it. All oh, right. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out what the right thing to do with it is. It's hard. I don't know if it, a shirt makes sense. Maybe we'll just make the shirt anyway. It's you know. Bug, hold <laughs> me. All right. OMG Puppy says rods from God. If you are in orbit and drop something, it just orbits there next to you. If one ton rod hits at eight uh, kilometers per second orbital speed, kinetic energy equals five tons of TNT for nuclear size explosion. You need 100 times that speed. But
3: what if you shoot it down and then that would that would hyper accelerate the the speed, I would think. I don't know. Rather than just drop it.
0: Yeah. Perhaps they just lightly tap it. Yeah. And then it starts accelerating faster and faster and faster. (laughs) Tap. Crap, uh, Cackling Kamala says, I worked at a liquor store in the 90s and paid 20 bucks a month for insurance and better coverage than I do now. Mm. Conservatives think we can get back to that. I'm not so sure.
4: Mm.
0: Mm. There's, a, there's, a, there's a funny joke I saw. It's uh, find a woman who enjoys laughing as much as Kamala Harris loves laughing when you ask her about human traffickers smuggling children.
2: Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any questions she can't answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Hillary oh, Clinton too though. What's up with
2: that? Dude, that's so true. Did you ever see that place Boeing music video of Hillary Clinton's laugh remixed? Oh. It's perfect. It's oh. it's just called Hillary is evil. You all need to look at
0: it. Ask me what my favorite color is. What's your favorite color, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> that's like that's that's how I envisioned like all of these interviews with Kamala. My favorite my favorite was when like I can't remember who it was, like a PBS woman was asking her a serious question. And then she just sits there like with her mouth open, like smiling, just like <laughs>
4: Her eyes all wide
0: like what are you doing cuz she laughs at the answer and the journalist kept pressing like I want an answer to this she laughs What's the answer? And then she's just like,
5: eh. so
0: I
1: think I think the question was about the fact that he, she had condemned Biden as a sexual yes. harassment. A
4: rapist
2: <laughs> and a racist. Yeah, I, I,
1: I, oh, was that and, the, and it, then she was like, was "Well, what do you think now that you're you're his running mate?" And she just said, ah.
4: "She says it was a debate." <laughs> <laughs> that's right. and then
1: was like, oh, man,
2: you you said the man was a, a, a rapist who hates black people. She's like, "It was a debate. <laughs> it was a debate." <laughs> <But> <laughs> you see, you make things up when you're
1: debating people. That's
2: exactly it, though. That's how horrible mm. the discourse is. Is where it's it's considered like a legitimate and fair debate tactic to call, to call someone a rapist and a racist. Yes. Wow. Like those are just those are just accusations we throw on. Those are just words. There was also recently Kamala was asked about going down to the border and she's like ah, I'm not going to go to Europe either. I was like what? What are you talking about? That wasn't even remotely analogous to the question. Should you
1: go to Europe as, yeah, uh, also as vice as president <laughs> of the United States? Like you like.
2: think you'd be traveling, but even so, Just it's not it analogous. There's a border crisis. Right.
0: All right. Derek Lozano says, great show tonight, guys. I'm a 30-year-old father of three, and I'm also the mailman for my neighborhood. I've tried to get to know all of my customers over this past year. No, Talk to your you. neighbors. People are hurting. That's
2: awesome. That's right. Yeah, Dude, good it's great. for you. I, yeah. I like that. I like
0: that. Right on. Michael Johnson says, hey, Tim and company, big fan of the show. Did you hear the RCMP just arrested Maxim Bernier in Manitoba? He's one of the only Canadian politicians who has spoken out against the harsh lockdowns we have up here. Viva Frey posted about it.
4: He's great. I love him. Man, Canada.
0: Who'd have Dude, thought they'd go full fascist? Easy man! I know. That I could have
2: predicted that. I mean, Canada's had hate speech laws, which have made quoting scripture an offense. I, I wow. will
4: say that my entire Bible study, full of lovely, sweet Canadian ladies, mm-hmm. is literally all ready to move to the U.S., like mm-hmm. Florida and Vermont. So yeah, like, I've, I've talked
2: to other Canadians too, who are like, "I am done with this country." I'm wow. like, "Good for you." Yeah.
0: We've got, we got okay. Corlex. he says, "Hey Tim, I have been watching your videos and show for a full year now. I'm happy for you. Luke was one of my favorite people on here, and I miss him." However, Seamus is a great replacement. I listen every day since August. Well, I have really good news.
2: We are, are, are evicting
0: Seamus, <laughs> and Luke is coming
2: back. That's right. Also, to be fair, I, so I, w- I wouldn't see myself as a replacement. Me being on here has had nothing to do with Luke being gone. Yeah. It's not as if like Luke left. I'm like, Seamus, come on. I've just been here working with Tim on some projects, and when I'm here, we like to do Yeah, the show I was together. voicing Dr. Fauci. Yeah, he so was voicing funny. Dr. Fauci. We've been working on a <laughs> oh, card gosh. game and some other really exciting stuff. So. Video game. Yeah, and a video game. So We this, probably this need was,
0: more devs. If we really want to get the video game... Uh,
2: what, I'm, what I'm looking for, honestly, is, is more help creating the sprites. So if there are animators we could find who'd be willing to help, who could emulate my style decently, that would be a massive help, and it would allow us to get the game done pretty quickly, I think. Should, at least more we, quickly we, than, our, than on our current trajectory.
0: Have we talked about what the game was about yet? I don't. At least a I, bit.
2: Not yet. I don't know how much we should tease. It's going to be re- like. How so about just like a Chris little bit? Chris and I were bit. playing earlier today, oh and it gosh. was the we were playing the multiplayer mode. So he's been funny. putting together, and it was so much fun. <laughs> it, it it looks. It's awesome. really great. I mean, I'm I'm really happy with how it's shaped out. Wait, let,
0: let's not say the name. Yeah. But I'll give a basic description without
2: going into details. You just all right? Does that work? I don't know. You know what? I shouldn't say anything. I think I think we should be really careful about this. All I will say is this. I when I was first, the idea was first described to me. I thought it was very interesting. I was like, "Yeah, this is something I would definitely want to collaborate on and, and supply my my style to." And as I have been helping to develop these sprites and seeing how the game is is shaping up, I'm very pleased.
0: It's it, gonna be amazing. If yeah. um,
3: animators get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with That's you? That's
2: a good question. So since it's for this game, uh, I don't have a. I don't have an email address created for soliciting workers. They usually reach out other ways. If someone's interested in working on this game as an animator, can we just have them send a, an email to jobs at timcast? Yeah. Would put that work the for title you. Yeah. yeah. Put video so, game animator. Yeah, just Put in the like subject. video game animator in the subject line. Uh, send an email to jobs at timcast and, and we're video definitely game developer. Be needing help. Yeah.
0: Uh, All right. Let's see. We've got. Uh, I can't read Cyrillic, so I'll just try and pronounce it as if it's not Cyrillic. That's a long name. Ebrahin. Er, er, Eric Kahab, that's a, that's not even a, an A. <laughs> nice. Pop, uh, I can't read Sur-Lik. Uh Hey, Karl Popper was amazing, man. His criterion of empirical false, falsifiability is the foundation of modern science, real science, not the trust the science uh, macabre.
4: I look
2: him up, Shorab, How do
1: you feel about that? I think he was a midwit. No, <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, not 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 my cup of tea. Okay, but fair enough. I mean, it, he was a, he was an important thinker. Off. Alpha Twitch,
0: he says, Hey, Tim, I'm buzzed, so here's an anime recommendation. Watch Vivi the Fluorite Eyes Song. All right. Diego Salazar says, Careful how you decide what is decent and what's not. Times change and society oscillates like a pendulum. One side makes more force towards them. The more extreme it will be when it goes back and vice versa. Balance is the only answer. Like I think about the Aztecs, and they would, instead of kill their opponents in battle, knock them unconscious
3: and to drag them back to sacrifice to and cut their chests open. and And like... People still thought that was horrible. In the Aztec, the Aztecs, a lot of them still thought it was so. Maybe there is like moral absolutism. I don't
1: know.
2: Yeah, for sure. There's an, right an objective wrong. moral order. Yeah, yeah. The yes. fact
1: that that you're interiorly aware that something's wrong suggests there is an objective moral order, which means that that there is decency and indecency in, in any, any given age and across time and across civilizations. Amen, Seamus.
0: Yes. You ready for this one? I am. Murray Ferry says, third Super Chat attempt. Anyone know if Seamus is single? Asking for a friend. She's 23, Catholic, and single.
2: That's very sweet. I am single.
0: Oh, Who look at that. that. Seamus just basically Let said, I would like to meet this woman. And if they would like to contact you, do you have an email? No, uh, yeah. Jobs
3: at 10,
2: I don't have an email. I would like
0: to apply for a job being Seamus' <laughs> wife. I'm yeah. a 45-year-old man uh, looking for work. <laughs> Mad Cow says, it was not an insurrection or riot. It was a peaceful protest. Just to be clear, not being sarcastic, I think we should start referring to as January six as a mostly peaceful protest. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I looked up the
3: definition of insurrection. It was basically yes, what Antifa did last year was an insurrection. Right. Yep. It was a definition of insurrection is a violent uprising against an authority or government.
4: Check, check, check.
3: Okay, because the it was against the authority, then yeah, it was it was
0: yep. insurrect. City, oh yes. no. The couch says, hey, Tim, long time listener. First super chat. Wanted to see if anyone saw the cringeworthy segment they did with Jeffrey Tubin. How does someone get caught doing what he did and keep their job? <laughs> oh who is God. that guy? That's like a story. It's like he said boobs on CNN. So they banned him. What? Yeah, yeah. Like he was. I can't remember who this was. They were like, I went on CNN and said boobs and they kicked me off. But Jeffrey Tubin gets caught. You know, sounds like a tubin bunch of it, boobs. Tubing yeah. it on
1: camera with in oh, front yeah, of his employees, coworkers. Yeah, tubing his own horn. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, that was our headline oh. at the post for that. So, tube <laughs> is a verb, right? No? tube. tube yeah, tubing it.
0: Tubing yeah. along. Yeah. Tubin yeah. is when you are on a work call with a bunch of other colleagues, oh, no. and they're watching through your webcam. Guys, you there s- are good twenty-three-year-old Catholic girls watching. <laughs> 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 no
2: all theory. right, all right,
0: oh. all right. Let's see, we got here. Name and fame says, please read. I've super chatted this on multiple videos. Beef is not bad for the environment. Look up eating less meat won't save the planet. Here's why. By what I've learned, he debunks all the climate arguments and links sources. So why won't they let us eat beef?
4: They're rude.
0: Why is Joe Biden like, come on, man? He doesn't 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 like like the po' boys. He doesn't
2: like the po' boys.
0: It's like some, some dude got bit by one of those ticks that makes you allergic to beef. Yeah. You hear about that? Yeah, a friend and of now, mine
2: claims that that happened. Why am I saying claims? We, we all make fun of him. We're like, that's not true. You're lying. But he got like bit by this tick a while ago, and he is allergic to basically everything. He can't eat meat anymore. Yeah, Very so sad.
0: so it's like it's like the origin story for a villain. It's like he just – it's this guy. He's a griller. He's just like all day flipping burgers and smiling and waving. Oh, and he's he's like, really good at no, it. Everyone loves him, and then one day the tick bites him. And then he's like, no! And then he, he, he takes the burger and he bites it and he swells up.
3: If I can't have it, no one can! Yeah.
0: And then he starts an organization called PETA yep, yep, and, or whatever. Yep. That's yep.
2: hilarious. That's very good. No one should be allowed to have beef. Well, here's the thing. I'm actually a person for the ethical treatment of animals because I think it's perfectly ethical to eat them. <laughs> I don't there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, that's,
0: that's a fair. good point. Yeah. I am treating them ethically by consuming them. Yeah. I believe it is perfectly ethical. We
2: have dominion over them as humans.
0: The perfectly ethical treatment of animals. Yeah. Oh, PETA. PETOA. I guess the of can fall yeah, off. Yeah. People eating the animals. Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> works, <laughs> that works. <laughs> that works, that works. <laughs> tasty animals. That's right. People eating tasty yeah, animals. It, yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Insert name here says, Tim, don't play their game, calling the rioters as they want, Antifa protesters. If they're burning buildings, attacking people, police fed, they are insurrectionists, same as politicians, aiding and cheering them on. Yep. Agreed. Literally. That's the
3: problem I had with Trump calling, referring to the left. As soon as he said it, I felt like the he started, radical yeah, The radical left! The radical left. He started to play <laughs> Very their game. Smelly. It felt like he like he became a pawn in the game,
0: like he fell for it. There is no left. There is no right. It's all like just figures. I agree. So. It's, it's, I disagree. It, no, I mean there's 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 simplification of saying the left and the right to, for, for like a colloquial reason, but the actual core of the definitions make little sense outside of tribal signifiers. Mm. Like what is what does left mean?
2: What has left me? Yeah. Well, again, this is going back to my—and this is the definition I usually use, just—and in, in its, it's very broad, and it may be a little imperfect, but just uh, the purpose of the left is to oppose the Catholic Church and its goals and generally— But what, what,
0: what about Democrat voters who are, like, Catholic—, Catholic? Like Joe Biden? Well, no, I mean, the like thing, real is ones. You can't—but,
2: like, you cannot vote for a pro-choice candidate if there's a pro-life candidate available as a Catholic. So when people say that they're—
0: They're pro-life Democrats. That is. There was, there was a huge yeah. revolt. Yeah, Most it's Americans it's do thing. not agree with the that's radical. True. The radical left.
2: The radical left on abortion. No, I, I agree that it's amorphous, but I also don't want to fall into this trap of saying it doesn't mean anything because it is a very helpful term for identifying don't, our enemies.
3: Don't you think, as a Catholic, that if there was someone that es- es- espoused all, the, that actually exuded all the virtues, except they were pro-choice, that they would be a better candidate than someone that's just rife with with sin, but was pro-life?
2: No, because I don't know how you could exude all the virtues and be pro-choice, if I'm being entirely honest. Boom. Well, like six of the seven virtues or whatever. (laughs) That's not enough! (laughs) (laughs) It's like, dude, hold on. But if you haven't figured out, like, don't kill babies, I don't know how much good the other virtues are doing you. Seems basic. But I didn't steal anything. Oh. Yeah, exactly. I didn't steal. I I wasn't lustful. I wasn't, you know. But you did Mm. murder someone. right.
0: let's see. We got, uh, Josie Pussycat says, hey, Tim, I replied to one of your tweets with let's burn her at the stake. It was obviously a joke and Twitter suspended me. Thanks, Tim. They don't blame me.
2: Thanks a lot, Tim. (laughs) It's all Tim's
4: fault. It is, yes.
0: Wait, what is this? Napalm Bonerfart. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
3: Great name,
2: by the way. It's like a Napoleon thing. Yes. Napalm
0: says from the Daily Mail, AOC's grandmother came out in support of Donald Trump says he sent aid but Puerto Rico's government did not use the aid. Oh my. Really?
2: That's Matt Walsh sent aid to AOC's sure oil as he well. Tried. That was
0: really pathetic of AOC to not take it. Mm. How amazing I just thought it would have been so amazing if she was like, "Oh no, you you owned the libs. <laughs> Thanks for helping the poor people of Puerto Rico." And then it could have been like, "You know what she could have done? She could have said, "All right, I'm going to take this money and you know what I'm going to do?" We're going to use what we need to for the repairs and donate all of the rest to another GoFundMe. And the left is going to prove we can raise more money than the right Ooh. to help the people of Puerto Rico. Oh, now we're fun. talking. How amazing that would have been. And then you get all the conservatives being like, come on, guys. We got to raise money for the people whose lives were destroyed by the hurricane. Than then the left and then the left and the right raise like $10 million each. <laughs> and then the poor Great. people of Puerto Rico have their
1: homes fixed. I, I, I like Matt Walsh um, and we're friends on Twitter. But I have to say I, I uh, agreed with the uh, – the, she's a, she's a great account amy terese i don't know if you guys follow her no. but, but she she said uh, you know like oh wow you really owned her by raising <laughs> you know whatever like yeah. tens of thousands but I don't she think so. aoc
0: should have turned it, turned it into a, a a woke off or a politics off or it's, whatever at some
3: point i think people need to not st- stop taking it s- as seriously, or at least mm. find a little levity and joy right. in life and and the other you know people that you think maybe aren't your friends,
1: maybe are. I think that concept of joy as you're talking about it is is suprem- is white supremacy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 I could feel it. <laughs>
0: Ben Macklin says, I'd love to see Carl from InRange TV on the show. He has a firearms and cybersecurity background and made the news a while back for putting firearms content on Adult Hub to show that that, that the info will exist somewhere. (laughs) I remember that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, definitely. Sounds cool, dude. Sounds like a cool dude for sure. Uh, Crandall Logan says, do the Fauci voice of you diving out the window? Was that ad-libbed?
2: Um, or did you tell me I to think do? I might. I, I'd have to double check the footage, which people can see if they donate at patreon.com. Yeah, I, I just went
0: like this. I went droplet. Hold <laughs> <laughs> the mic away from me.
2: Droplets.
0: Droplets. You yeah. don't need to wear 12 masks if you've been vaccinated 300 times. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a joke, obviously. YouTube's already <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to push the button. on to. Don't push it. No, it's like no, a, like the you, you, CDC says you do it. No, you yeah. know the meme where it's like I don't know what the guy is, but he's like holding his hand and the the beams are coming out oh, of it. Sure, he's yeah. like oh, must must ban channel. He made joke, <laughs> Dr. Fauci.
4: I almost I wonder, bought you a
3: Fauci bobblehead, dude. I can't bring myself <laughs> to spend money on oh, it.
2: <laughs> twist,
1: yeah, oh no, inches away. I may I might still. I'm so That's excited it. for him to disappear on national <laughs> life. You know, like
0: all right, all right. We ago. got uh, Mr. Toad yeah. says. Those that are anti-colonial and want decolonization of institutions are the same people that want globalization, open borders, and call themselves citizens of the world. They want a globally homogenous identity. They want to colonize the planet. Isn't that funny how that works?
1: Yeah. Absolutely, that's right. I mean, and they, and they want to basically Turn Africa into a place where contraceptives, LGBT ideologies—bingo—that is, a, yeah, that is that. the most kind of ideological. Col- in fact, Pope Francis has called that ideological colonialism. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's right, he did.
1: Yeah. Wouldn't that result in like Collins- the birth
0: rate dropping dramatically in Africa?
2: Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. fine with that. Oh. They're misanswered. Didn't Henry Kissinger make a bunch of
0: really insane comments about I'm the population sure of Africa?
2: He
1: did. Yeah, uh, and the uh, Gates, the Gates. Well, they they i guess they're not a couple anymore, but they spend foundation. a lot of money on, yep. on ensuring that. You know, there are fewer Still black born. babies born. Isn't
2: that a little weird? Yeah. Isn't that a little weird? Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, but this is another thing. The left, it, for as vague as these terms have become, the left is generally misanthropic. They don't want more people. Yep. And it's often disguised as environmentalism. Yep.
0: Alright, let's see. Uh, call me, uh, okay. Rondo says, thanks for all you do. Bought some Ethereum because of you. No regrets. If the stock market crashes, what would be the best thing to do? I cannot give anyone any advice. Um, I don't know. I got a bunch of chickens. We're getting a rooster tomorrow. So I, I posted that one of our chickens is transgender. And it's true. That it's not even, I'm not even joking. It's a normal thing that happens when there's no rooster. I think one in 10,000, they say, hens will start appearing like a rooster and, and crowing and, and yeah. acting like a rooster. But a lot of people informed me that Alpha hens who become like roosters are way more aggressive and could actually end up killing one of the other hens. So you mm. need a rooster. They're like, you need to get a rooster, otherwise that alpha hen will seriously injure. You need like, so we gotta bring a dude in to kind of level like, things up. The
1: scientists call them, uh, Karens.
2: I knew, I no, knew. No, I was
0: like, it's a really, it's a, it's a really yeah. interesting thing because we would, we, we, we had to call the fire department and it came out it's like three in the morning and then all of a sudden I hear a, and I'm like, what, what was that? Heck? Mm-hmm. And I look over and there's one of the, like, there's this, this chicken and she's just like staring at me. And I'm like staring back at her like, what you, what's going on? And then nothing happens. I turn around and then I, Aah! again, and then I turn around and there she is. But there's like other chickens. Then I'm like, was that, was that her? And then all of a sudden she's just looking at me in the eye and she goes, Aah! and I'm like, oh, what are you doing? You're not a rooster. And so then I looked into it today in the storm. She was.
3: Aah! Oh, wow.
0: And so I tweeted about it, and people were like, "You need to get a rooster because if she starts doing that, she might actually kill." It's a crazy dynamic that they're like, "You need to bring a man in. You need to bring in the male rooster."
2: It seems like uh, it seems like like phallogocentric, white supremacist, patriarchal oriented science came up with that,
0: Mm -hmm. or nature. No, no, but but I I was reading a lot. It said if you introduce a rooster into the pecking order, she will stop doing that and revert back to being. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I guess they say like sometimes the hen will be nominated to be their protector and like will take on the, the job of a rooster. She kind of looks. But like in the a meanwhile, rooster.
1: you're going to refer to this hen with the, the right pronouns. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, on, the, no. the
0: thing is, this re, this chicken's name they has they always ate. been Roberta Beeks, oh, uh, Bobby Beeks, but now we just yeah. say Robert. Bobby. Just Bob. Yeah. Robert. But she hasn't formally requested a change in pronouns. I'm so. glad you okay. can stay on Twitter. I'm not going change. to assume yeah. chickens gender. But oh. uh, you know these things. Very these, progressive. These, these things obviously. happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow uh, again, if you haven't already, go to youtube.com slash cast castle and subscribe because we'll have a video up tomorrow. It's FPS cicada hunting, where I have this little like uh, it's like a nerf gun basically, and it's like uh, it, it fires salt which knocks cicadas out of the air. It doesn't actually hurt them. It's kind of a weird thing. I'm like worried about hurting cicadas that I literally hunt to feed the chickens, <laughs> but it, it, it really doesn't. You like bop them and then they just kind of flutter down and then you pick them up and give it them to the stuns chickens. Them. And chickens eat them. Yeah yeah I'm like it, it does that matter though it's chicken food mm-hmm. it's like this bug oh, the cicadas are basically gone now mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have noticed interesting maybe the rain no 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 uh uh the the noise has levels has dropped dramatically, and the cicadas that we're seeing are tiny they're, yeah, they they a quarter of the th- size they only
3: came out for about two weeks is what I was going to be was being told they come out for yeah. about two weeks every short, seventeen short. people years, were saying or... four to six but oh, okay,
0: but yeah, we had it was really bad for like one week, and these massive cicadas were yeah. everywhere. Dude, it was nuts. Did you see in the West guy Virginia?
3: posted a picture on Twitter of a cicada with a white puff coming out of a spot? Yeah, I think true. it was the butt oh, fungus. It was the bungus yes. fungus bungus
2: bro. fungus, bro. Bungus
0: fungus. fungus. I'm worried about crazy. it.
3: crazy. It's
1: like a methamphetamine <laughs> <laughs> in their it's, it's, system. It's yeah. a sign of divine disfavor for the
0: Biden
2: <laughs> <laughs> administration. <Yes. laughs> that's right.
1: <laughs> Jonathan Duger says
0: AC is blue and thus the left, the alliance. Horde is red and thus the right. That's not true. If you take a look at World of Warcraft, it's very obviously divided between left and right. Think about it. The Horde, for those that aren't familiar with World of Warcraft, there's two fact there's two alliances, there's two factions. One is called the Alliance, one is called the Horde. The Alliance is like the realms of men, dwarves, and elves, essentially. It's a complicated Warcraft history. But, uh, basically they're like beautiful castles and like European art styles. And then you look at the Horde, and it is a bunch of marginalized and disaffected communities with- who've like lost their homes, who band together, and it's also the craziest thing about it is like how overtly racist uh, World of Warcraft is. For instance, trolls all have Jamaican accents, and oh. they and, and they practice some kind of voodoo.
3: The, Magic. The pandas have like the Asian accent. Yeah, the pandas it's really racist. Do
1: kung fu? It's, it's like super racist. So I I only played the f- like the first Warcraft, which was a is like a DOS based game. Oh yeah, and it was only humans and orcs, mm-hmm. and that was it. It was it kept it simple. simple. I, I preferred that. I the like
3: orcs that. were fleeing like their homeland, which had been attacked or taken over by like the Burning Legion or something. And they... so they
1: were gonna take the, take over the earth. Yep. Yeah. Or our domain mm-hmm. as a rough refugees. Yeah.
0: Daniel Mikkel says I watched the quarterings live. About twenty minutes ago, someone said they won a contest you offered and didn't get the skateboard prize yet. Uh, that was probably a long time ago. Adam was running those skateboard uh, prize contests, wow, so yeah. I'm not sure exactly what happened with all that. that was last year,
4: yeah, that was last year. There was um, one skateboard that was supposed to go overseas. That took us a lot of trouble to get it going to the right place. So that might have been it. Everything else, have I
0: there. Uh, I wasn't. Uh, uh, I don't know. You yeah, know. Weird. I guess maybe maybe something fell apart. Mm. apologies if that's the case yeah, cool. alright we'll just read this uh, this last one here uh, actually wait what's this okay yeah we'll do one more BH says abolish the federal government and make each state its own country
2: yeah done like Europe mm. alright everybody that's sort of what I was voicing my, my opinion a, in favor of earlier it's Friday night We got some cold
0: pizza in the fridge. I got some Hearthstone to play. So make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TimCastIRL. If you're on Facebook, you can like the page and then help share our videos to get more people to watch. But uh, I got to tell you, I am so incredibly excited for the launch of this newsroom because at a certain point, it just can't be me doing YouTube videos. It's got to be more than that. And that means we need articles to be written, we need real investigative reporting, and we need to start building a business that will survive long after I have departed this world. And, uh, I gotta say, I was very much inspired by, uh, by Breitbart. Breitbart.com. Uh, yeah, Andrew, Andrew was Breitbart right. was one of the most, uh, uh, I was thinking about this. James O'Keefe. Why is he such a fighter? Why is he the tip of the spear? You know, why does, why does, is he, is he, is he working harder than anybody else to challenge the, the, the corrupt? And I'm like, well, it, one of his big inspirations was Andrew Breitbart. And then I look yes. at – I started thinking about where are all these other conservatives and, and not even conservatives but you know, anti-woke personalities to start producing content and try and grow a business and just fight and fight and fight. And then I was like, man, Andrew Breitbart really did that. Yes. He made all these different sites. They're called Breitbart.com. They exist today. They've been extremely influential. They helped get a president elected. And I'm like, we got to build something so that uh, you know, rest in peace, Andrew Breitbart. Yeah. Uh, long after I'm departed the world, and you know, there's something else that will be powerful and big, and will will help shine a light are in the you, darkness. Are you telling us you're going to go to Mars? Yeah,
5: yes. Just,
0: That's what I'm hearing. You Bezos, were chosen. Elon called me he and he was, was like, Tim, yes. we have to go to
2: Mars. He's like, Starlink didn't work, but you know it will.
0: We have to go to Martian Mars, colonization. Tim. Colonization. It's the only way. And I'm like, yes. Anyway, uh, so so follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Look, really not big fans of them, but we put up clips, different clips, smaller clips. And you can share them because they're nice little snippets from the show and uh, help people learn about the show. And then go to TimCast.com, become a member. Can't wait for this newsroom to launch. And we'll start having articles being being put out there. We're, we're going to do guest op-eds. We're going to have journalists in the field and like, the Middle East and stuff. We are going – and we're going to pay well. We are going to make sure journalists who are doing real journalism – are compensated. Why? I want to create market pressure for these news organizations that produce garbage out of New York Mm -hmm. City to have those journalists be like, it is not worth my time to write listicles about Brad Pitt's junk when I can actually get paid the same rate for one article about, say, Middle Eastern conflict. Mm. Incentivize something better through the market. Build something better. We're doing it. So, uh, again,
1: you can follow me personally at TimCast. And uh, do you want to mention anything, Sarah? Sure. Saurabh Amari, at Sarabamari Amari, S-O-H-R-A-B-A-H-M, like Mary, A-R-I. And the book is The Unbroken Thread. That's really great. Uh, I'm
3: Ian Crossland. And, and, when hey, if you guys want to support the channel, of course, subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell button next to it. And you'll see it'll say, with your notifications, none, personalized, and all. Make sure you set it to all. Mm. That way you're going to get notified. Hopefully, when the videos go up. So, thanks for coming. See you next time.
2: Yeah, thank you guys for watching. Uh, I'm Seamus Coglin of Freedom Tunes. Check Freedom Tunes out, slash Freedom Tunes. We upload a cartoon once a week, usually twice a week. I think you guys will really enjoy them. Do we got the next one coming out next week? There should. Oh, my goodness. No, that one is in the works. Tim and I improv. We mentioned this in the last show. We <laughs> improv'd a video, so good. and it was really pretty good. Um, I'm thinking maybe it's probably next be week or the week after. Right? Yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to figure out because we, we sat here and rift for how long? Maybe like 10, 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Yeah, and so there's a lot of material to pull out of it. I'm trying to get the best, but I'm not sure how long it's going to end Make up Make it being. a two-parter.
3: Give it a cliffhanger.
2: It's got to be. It's, it's got to be one. It's two-parter? It's like one continuous narrative, but we kept throwing jokes at it.
4: Yes.
2: Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Super good.
4: Yeah, yeah. I'm Sarah Patch Lids. You guys can follow me on Twitter. I want to say as you're going into this weekend that you guys need to notice that the left always projects when they talk about normalizing things. Yeah. That's what they've been doing all along. They have control of all our TV, all our movies, all our theater, everything that's entertaining to us, and they make all of their ideas normal. We need to do that too. You guys should follow me on Twitter, Sarah Patch Lids.
0: Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Become a member at TimCast.com and go to YouTube.com slash castle. And check out the vlog tomorrow at 9 a.m. where uh, it's just silly fun. And I take we, we we mount a GoPro on this little Nerf gun and I go around <laughs> hunting
5: cicadas. And uh, thanks for hanging out. We'll see y'all. We'll see y'all next time.